Uh, hi, I'm Sean Gambroni. Uh, you're listening to Below the Belt Show, and I'm from Chicago, Illinois, Park Ridge, Illinois. I mean, what TV show are you? From? Oh, geez, <laughs> that makes sense. I'm from the Goldbergs. <laughs> the Below the Belt Show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up, goes down. your weekly pleasure guys we have an incredible show tonight it's a special show that's right it is the b-day celebration of btb's own og the king of the 80s the demotivational speaker chachi mcfly happy birthday chachi mcfly og does that stand for old gangster yeah, <laughs> it can have a few meanings. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. okay. Happy birthday, Chachi McFly. Thank you. Thank back. you. Fresh oh, back so from three more states on your checklist that you need to, uh, you know, check off because you have seen forty-seven of fifty states, haven't you? In America, yes. Forty-seven yeah, nice. states. Yeah. In America, I don't know many people that have accomplished that, Chachi. You should be very, very proud. Like, like I've read the stat before. I think the average American like goes in their lifetime like seven states, maybe. I have to find the stat somewhere. But you know, my goal was to visit all fifty states because there's cool things to do in every state. And like just this past trip, I um, went to Louisiana with you know for New Orleans, which I always wanted to do. But then I also went to Arkansas and Oklahoma, which you know, no um, offense to anybody who lives in those states, but it okay. never was at the top. Never was at the top of my list to visit. You know, I mean, people always want to go to sure. like Florida for Disney. They want to go to California and New York. Right. You know, some maybe even Texas, like all the really big states. But you know, you go to these other states and you see like a lot of really cool stuff that you don't expect. You know, and and that's what I did in this um, past trip. But it was like I drove. Um, I flew out to New Orleans and I drove um, 3,000 miles to, um, you know, throughout all those different states. Um, so it was quite a bit of driving, but, you know, definitely yeah. so kind of cool stuff. I mean, New Orleans, I was surprised uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Mardi Gras. So I thought maybe I'd be disappointed, you know, maybe it'd be overhyped. Oh, no, it's always a party. It's a yeah, it's a really city. cool party. Even in November, even a week after Thanksgiving, it was still, 
you know, Friday and Saturday night just slammed um, a ton of people. You know, even at 6 p.m., it was still the streets were packed and you had like a lot of live music playing, which was really cool. Um, a lot of cool museums around there. Went to like a voodoo museum, went to a. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, we should probably we should probably introduce everybody on the uh, <laughs> chat before we... <laughs> joining us here on BTB. She's a singer extraordinaire, songwriter extraordinaire um, from the hit song "Pretty Boy Party Boy." She's also um, a fellow co-host from Click on This Show, and she's a BTB 2.0 original. She's the one and only Sabrina Taylor Smith. People's fans, co-hosts, new hosts, guests. <laughs> um, yeah. Good to have you back, Sabs. Just a hi. I know. I haven't been here in a while. I actually toyed with the idea of coming in on costumes since I missed the Halloween episode. But I decided to get dressed for a sexy dinner with my boyfriend instead. Okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> Like, I thought you were dressing me up for my birthday. I didn't know it was for your boyfriend. I'm kind of disappointed now. Aw, I love you, Chacho. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. You're, you're the best birthday boy in November ever. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Thank you. Best November it. birthday ever. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I hate you, Sabrina. I love you so much, though, Chach. Aww, isn't that sweet? Well, we got a couple more people on the panel. Let's go ahead and introduce guys. He is the one and only. He is the Persian prince of pop culture. He is also known as the man with the calming presence. But how many Persian princes of pop culture are there? <laughs> yes, this is very the true. One and only, but yeah. Yeah, there's a uh, of them all. I am the greatest. Let me tell okay. you. And that's I don't right. Know he is. Any other ones? They don't <laughs> yeah. matter. Is the one and only Mike, the General Zod. Well, I can tell you that I dressed all pretty for you, for you, Chachi. I appreciate so, that. That's nice. That's a nice Kool-Aid man shirt. I like that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you, can, you, can break, you can break through my wall anytime, General. Oh, wow. Break through and the that, wall. You know, every, time, every time that anyone mentions Kool-Aid man, we do need to ask the, you know, this kind of like question, like this philosophical question about whether Kool-Aid man is the pitcher or the Kool-Aid inside of the pitcher. And oh. like. I thought it was both. Is it? Because, like, you know, because he's oh, made... Oh, no, it's got to be the pitcher. It's got to be the pitcher. Well, oh, that's I mean, yeah, it's got to be both, because no. you never have Kool-Aid Man from a glass. We've never that's seen Kool-Aid Man in a glass. No, actually, they have. They, they've shown, like, glasses with, like, Kool-Aid Man's smile on them. So you okay. can almost think oh, that... Oh, okay, so then it's the Kool-Aid. By extension... Well, that's like, are we, are we not our blood and, and skin and bones all together? That's true. Right. That's a, that's a very good point. Which so, you, you don't really pour people out and drink them. Exactly, and that's the other. <laughs> thing. <laughs> like so, so like when he when he the pours Kool-Aid for kids, shit. I'm sure she has once or twice. It's like it's like drink of me, children. Drink a, drink up. <laughs> but but how does he bust through walls being made of glass? It must be some that's of a good... that like some of that tempered glass from um, Squid Game, huh? Oh, we <laughs> that you're finally that caught up. Yes. Yeah, that yes. Yeah, 
movie child. You mean as in you've watched every episode? I have. I'm finished. Oh wow. Okay, we could talk a little bit about that. I have some Squid Game. Uh, every episode stuff. of what? Squid, Squid Game. Game. On that you. Literally the craziest. Oh, craziest Squid Games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got one more on the panel. Let's go ahead and introduce yes, her. I do. She is the one and the only cosplayer extraordinaire. She is muy caliente. She is back on BTV. <laughs> that means very hot. Uh, yes. Ana B. Ana B. Hi. I actually also look nice today because it's nice. Crafty's birthday. Oh, thank you. I don't know. Stand up. I said I got dressed up. <laughs> oh, Chachi, Chachi, Chachi. Oh, the sweatpants are nice. Oh, so the sweatpants are on the bottom. You get the nice uh, shirt on the top. You get the nice top, like, from yes. here up. <laughs> okay. All, all I care about is personality. That's oh, all I care about. Oh, okay. <laughs> so so if, we're, if we're talking about how you're dressed, Anna, is that choker thing, is that part of the shirt, or is that separate from... Oh, uh, no, it's part of the shirt. Ah, gotcha. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Well, very nice, guys. Well, it's a special show. Is it a strap, strap in the back, or is it, like, stretchy? Yeah, it straps in the back. Okay. It's all part of, like... Oh, the, wait, is it a part of your shirt, or is it, like, a 90s choker? No, it's part of the um the shirt. Okay. So, like, it, it connects, like, in the back. So that's holding the whole shirt you know, up? You didn't think you were going to get yeah. all these wardrobe questions, did you? <laughs> right. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, well, we, could, we could branch off into fashion talk. I'd be up for some fashion Because <laughs> you are the pinnacle of fashion icons. Of course. Also. Of course. <laughs> well, guys, we have an incredible show from top to bottom, but I, I think Chachi has a little bit more to talk to us about his trip collectively. Yes? I do. I, yeah, yeah yes. more. Yes. Yeah. Like, actually, I received an award on my trip um, for visiting all the presidential libraries. Like, there's 13 wow. of them. And it's probably the dirtiest shit I've done in my whole life. <laughs> but, like, went around every state I traveled. I'd hit the presidential library if it was in the, that state. And the last one I had to do was Bill Clinton. And so they opened, luckily they opened, like, five days before I came out there. Because they were closed for, like, almost like a year and a half because of COVID. And I got right. lucky for being in Arkansas at the time when they just opened up. But actually, a funny story is I went to Bill Clinton's childhood home that was earlier that day in Hope, Arkansas. The library was in um, Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay. And I GPSed it in the morning. My hotel was near there. And I went, um, pulled up to the house. It was in the back of the neighborhood. It had a sign out front that said Bill Clinton's boyhood home. And I read on the website that it opened. I mean, they did a tour at the top of every hour. And I was a couple minutes late. I was around there at 10.02. So... I went around the side of the house because the front had like a fence um, in the front and they had paintings of Bill Clinton on the side. And I'm like, I guess I just walk right in. So I walked into the house and I'm standing in the kitchen and I noticed like a bunch of like modern day stuff in the kitchen and the kitchen's kind of cluttered. I'm like, this is kind of weird because normally when they have these childhood homes, it's decorated like in the kind of like the period piece, you know, whenever the, uh, the person grew up. And I was like, hello um and then some guy comes around the corner it kind of like half dressed and i'm like i'm here for the tour and he's like oh it's like you're in the wrong location he's like this is bill clinton's um boyhood home you want his birth home that's a mile down the road <laughs> you literally so walk into somebody else's house I think he's just like you didn't notice that it was like somebody's house like I walked when you in, I noticed it was weird that it had like modern day stuff, 
and was cluttered, <laughs> but like, you know, it had a sign out front, boyhood home, like it, it didn't have any oh, signs. Oh, it had a sign. Yeah, had because sign. Oh, that's misleading. Yeah, so that's what it was misleading. is this was his Super okay, misleading. His, they should people wander in there. Yeah, well, he had, a, he had his birth home, which was the national park that you could tour. And this was the home that he moved into when he was probably like around like seven or eight or whatever. So, but there's no signs to say do not enter, like, you know, or private residence, nothing like that. But he was a really cool guy. Like, he could have easily have shot me, but. Right. Yeah. But luckily, he was cool. We talked for like five minutes. Okay. Um, yeah. And, I'm sure yeah, you're not the first person to do that, are you? No, he said, he's like, how do you get the address off of Google? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, other people have done that before. And they up here. You know, but he it was cool. Wow. I mean, you know, Arkansas didn't get a shot, so I was happy about that. Good. And they have a museum cool, to build, don't they? You could be like super paranoid about locking your door, though, because like people are just south, wandering in. Yeah. You know, south, they're they're known for like not having um, the doors locked, as I guess <laughs> I proved. Right. You know, and Oklahoma's really cool. I went to the Oklahoma City um, bombing museum which is super emotional for people who remember that whole thing back in 95, which was like the biggest um, terrorist act on U.S. soil um, at that point in time before 9-11. Before 9-11. And just, yeah. yeah, just going through, and it was you know, domestic terrorism. Um, really well done museum. I mean, they just had everything you could think of in that museum. They had pieces of the of the rental um, U-Haul thing that blew up, you know, the license plate from it, like twisted pieces of metal from it. Um, they had one room where they actually showed every one of the victims, and I think I believe it was like 160 victims, and they had like like these glass boxes with like a, their their picture in it, and then a personal item from that victim, oh, and it was real super emotional because there was a daycare in this um, federal building that that got blown up, so they had pictures of kids and like you know babies and stuff, and there were toys and stuff. It was real super emotional in there. Oh gosh, but God, that's but so depressing. Yeah, yeah. But they had everything in there you could think of. They had, like, the, the judge's gavel where they, he sentenced um, Timothy McVeigh to death. Um, like, outside, they had a beautiful memorial. They had, like, a, and they had the foundation of where the um, building was. And now in the middle, is, it's all, like, a grassy area. And they had an empty chair for each one of the victims and, like, a smaller chair for the kids. But then they had up on a hill, they had, like, a tree that survived the blast. And they called it the survivor's tree dedicated to all the survivors um, from the building. Um, so really beautiful memorial, but um, you know, also in Oklahoma, I got to tour the um, Outsiders house from the movie The Outsiders. It's now a museum, and the actually one of the singers from the group House of Pain actually bought the house and saved it um, two weeks from being demolished and turned it into a museum. And it had like all the different uh, outfits from the movie inside, like screen use. You know, like it's a huge movie back in the early '80s. It had like Rob Lowe, um, Tom Cruise. Ralph Macchio, um, all these people went on to become huge stars from um, this movie, and he saved it and, and gave me a tour of it. And like the outfits, um, a lot of the outfits were so dirty from the movie. Like some, some, of the, some of the guys got into a fight in the movie, like out in the dirt, and then and the outfits were still covered in dirt, you know, that they had uh, on display. Uh, so it was really cool to see that. Um, got to tour the um, ch childhood home of Johnny Cash. Um, of Elvis down in Tupelo, um, Mississippi on the way home. Um, you know, many people don't know that Elvis, you know, had a, actually had a twin brother that was unfortunately um, stillborn. Wow. And this was an identical twin brother. And I saw like the grave of um, wow. brother. 
They could have been crazy. a duo. They could have been a duet. Right. It could have been like the Presley Brothers. You don't know. Or maybe right. like. Or maybe he uh, he actually like um, absorbed all of his twin brother's talent in the womb, and that's what killed the, uh, the twin brother. Off. <laughs> yeah, I mean he could have he could have easily um, you know influenced Elvis in a different way and not gone into music. You never know. So it's like right. crazy how things um, work out that way. But Elvis was always tormented by the fact of knowing that he could have had a twin brother, so that kind of like haunted him his whole life, which is um, pretty sad to think about. Wow. So overall, a phenomenal time sounds like. Yeah, I mean that's just skimming the surface, but like yeah, just saw a ton of cool things. Um, I never thought that I would enjoy those yeah. states as much as I did, but I mean, I'll definitely go back to um, New Orleans. Um, oh, God, I saw, you gotta go. You gotta go to the yeah. yeah Mardi you, gotta, Gras. You, you gotta do Mardi Gras or Jazz Fest or. Yeah, I've never been to New places. Orleans. Was that? Yeah, I would want to go for like the haunted places for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so much history in, in New Orleans, like, you know, birthplace of jazz, like, they, I went to the square where, like, the, um, where the slaves would would get together, like, on Sundays, and, like, that was the day they were able to do other things, and, like, they really, like, would come out there and play music, and a lot of, a lot of different musics would come together, and it really created jazz out on the square, and now it's, like, a, um, a park, and, like, mm-hmm. and they, uh, it's called uh, Louis Armstrong Square, you know, dedicated. Did you visit? Did you go to that house where the um oh man I forgot the name of the woman the woman who kept all those and tortured all those slaves that's in New yeah. Orleans yeah. oh yes I know you're talking about because they did American Horror Story yeah um, oh they it. did I didn't even yeah, know that the, but that's they, they, like they yeah. did they actually uh re, you know they they had uh, featured her character as as like a fictional version of of that character and I know yeah. you're talking uh, yeah yeah I've, I've always heard that like a lot of people really like doing that because it's kathy bates freaky, actually played her freaky fucking place and so yeah. like, that's a popular tour well i went yep. to um to the american horror story house from the um tv show where they filmed the it at. coven yeah yep, the coven house the witch house yep 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 i have to yeah, look that up general because yeah that was kathy bates and they, they actually featured her in that particular now oh, yeah Another funny story, real quick, that I went um, to all the all the locations for the movie um, UHF. If people remember from um, Weird Al Yankovic's movie from the late '80s, and they had like a parody um, commercial in that movie. You remember that movie, right, Al? Vaguely. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they had this parody commercial called Spatula City, which was like uh, like a 24-hour um, place that sold nothing but spatulas. And the place is now like a wow. yeah. The place is now a grocery store. So I went in there and like. Actually, I bought some spatulas, like like four spatulas, <laughs> uh, four spatulas from the grocery store, and then um, I asked the woman at the uh, register, like, um, "Do you have any idea why I'm buying these spatulas?" You know, thinking that she might know, and she's like, "Well, I guess you're going to cook something tasty, aren't you?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know why I'm going to need like, you know, four or five spatulas to cook anything." But but then like I started telling her like, "Well, yeah, well this movie was filmed here where you're working at, you know," and I showed her the. Um, the video she's like, oh yeah i've seen that before you know i have no idea that she worked in the place that she saw okay so um but you find but that a lot they weren't official uhf spatulas though they're just happen to be spatulas random spatulas in the store well i mean on the commercial they weren't official spatulas they were they just sold ah. spatulas. you know they're not, okay. gonna, <laughs> they're, not gonna, they're not gonna manufacture all their spatulas that they sell in the store you know just like right. the other store. they're gonna sell other product other right. uh, manufacturers okay products. are you guys are you talking about like actual spatulas or are you talking about turners? 
Oh, it's spatulas. I don't know. Is, it, is there a difference? Yeah, the spatulas are the ones that are kind of rubbery that you can use yeah. to like scrape all the lead. And then turners are like what most people think are called spatulas, and yeah. they like you mostly like flip pancakes and yeah. These are the about the rubber ones, and there's one that maybe was a turner because it had like three like holes in it. It's like plastic and flat. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a turner. Yeah, so we have a whole conversation of BTB about spatulas, but yeah, yeah. BTB your pencil talk. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of odd topics. Well, I had a question. What about, what about those milk? corkscrew things that they used to as stirs? <laughs> they use for stirs? Yeah, they look like I don't even know how to describe them. They look like screws, and you're supposed to use them to okay. stir. Like they're they're almost like mixers, but like huh. you do it with hand by hand. Ah eh, well, yeah. I'm going. I'm no, but, well. I'm really milking this. I do have a question. Yeah, good. Chach, did, yes. was was there in the Bill Clinton Museum? Was there Monica's dress or the cigar? <laughs> there, was, there was not. There was not. And okay. like the, actually, some place, some museum, um, I guess tried to buy the dress. I, I guess I guess Monica still has it, but they offered her like a million dollars, and she didn't want to sell it, but they wanted to put it in on display. She was like, I need this for my memories. Oh my God. <laughs> Well, I hope she had a dry clean at least since that time. I'm I highly doubt she did if she was gonna keep it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as well, like I mean, memorabilia, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, she I had would a, feel a long weird time. about wearing the dress and being like, "This is the dress." I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't feel weird. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how Monica Lewinsky feels. Yeah, Anavi, didn't you have? Don't you know um, the famous quote from uh, from Bill? No. no. You said you said it. You said on the show before. <laughs> did I? Yeah. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations Make with that woman. Great oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, that that's great. Wow. Uh, what a trip, Chachi. Three more states. Um, reach out for Hawaii, man. I, I'm one of the locals there, so you'll you'll have your own tour guide. Uh, You're Hawaiian. You well, I get mistaken for Hawaiian often, so. <laughs> I, thought was, I thought it was Eskimo. Uh, I, spin the wheel, man. You know, I mean, it's like a thing that, of that you know, that's, that's just in head of state, right? Just in your role of yeah, head of state. Yeah, that was the role. My, yeah. my role in head of state was a was an Eskimo campaign supporter of Chris Rock. So, yeah, very <laughs> cool. Very cool. Well, actually, speaking of uh, roles, really quick, a quick plug. Dope Sick on Hulu. It's the... Um, drama series about the um, opioid epidemic um, starring Michael Keaton, Rosario Dawson, Caitlin Deaver, Will Poulter, to name a few. We'll see yours truly in episode eight, the final episode of the limited series. Uh, please check it out. Um, and yeah, I'm part of the uh, the Sisters Coalition group. Um, a nun that heads... Um, a group that has uh, bonded due to having a loved one or, or, or that has lost a loved one due to um, opioid addiction. So we're kind of like the um, people that get people to sign up and get the position signed um, because, yes, at the time it was a big epidemic and it still is today. Obviously, still a really, really a big epidemic. Today, yeah. But at, at one point in the early 2000s, it was extremely, extremely addictive. And I think there's new formulas now. Where it's not as addictive as back then, but uh, but definitely definitely a powerful powerful series to watch. And of course, it is Michael Keaton's the original Batman. Yeah, you got to get awesome. behind that. But um, 
All right. Well, I think it's um yeah. we got some we got some big uh, entertainment news to talk about, but I just wanted to announce our special guest. I thought it was fitting because Chachi is a huge fan of the Goldbergs, the ABC sitcom that's going on uh, nine seasons already. Which, wow, nine seasons for that show. That's crazy. Yeah, we yeah, have, we were we were there when we interviewed on uh, Wendy and um and Sean. I think that was season one that we interviewed them, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. And in the opening promo, you heard Sean Jambroni uh, from the Creative Coalition event in D.C. We have uh, his bestie. We have uh, Stephanie Catherine Grant joining us on yeah. BTB. She plays Emmy. Um, she's also um, a filmmaker as well. She's written and directed some short films that are making its way into the independent film circuit. So... I uh, can't wait to talk to, um, yeah, Stephanie Catherine Grant, SKG on VTV a little later in the awesome. program. So awesome. pretty exciting. Um, yeah, just just a tailor-made guest for you as a fan of the Goldbergs, Chachi. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And at the end of the program, we're going to be playing the final interview from Monster Mania as Chachi interviews the OGs from Cobra Kai, or rather the OGs from The Karate Kid, who made an appearance in Cobra Kai season two, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be in season four, uh, which drops uh, New Year's. Um, we have Ron Thomas and Tony O'Dell. So awesome. pretty, pretty awesome uh, show tonight, but let's get yeah. going. Let's talk about everything in the world of entertainment. And I know Sabrina is excited to talk about one particular aspect that we will be talking now. The Spider-Man multiverse movie with Dr. Yes. Strange. That's yes. right. I cannot so. wait until this movie comes out. It's like kind of the concept that ended the animated uh, series, The Amazing Spider-Man, which is my favorite version or my favorite yep. universe of Spider-Man. Right. Um, but it's kind of the same idea. And OK, sorry, I got really excited. <laughs> That's, not. That's off the chain. All right. I think a lot of people on this panel are subject matter experts on Marvel and Spider-Man. But yes, Spider-Man No Way Home. The second trailer premiered. Um, and uh, wow, we're only a month away from uh, another great Marvel movie. We, I mean, we just saw The Eternals. We just saw Shang-Chi and we're getting another one. It's pretty exciting. And Venom, yeah, Venom, I guess technically, yeah. technically Venom is because, uh, yeah, you got uh, yeah. Peter Parker, Tom Holland <laughs> there. It's a that, that's a gray area, uh, the Venom, because it's still owned by Sony, but then yet the Spider-Man movies are are Marvel Studios MCU films. Um, but nonetheless, yeah. we're getting a we're getting a new Spider-Man movie, guys. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I know. This, I'm really this trailer, this trailer is exciting because I'm getting a little more. Um, you know, um, it's, it's starting to make a little more sense. Yeah, the, the multiverse is starting to make more sense because it really has to do with the spell that Doctor Strange cast, uh, which involved um, everyone forgetting that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. And of course, that spell created just chaos in the multiverse where you're going to see Doctor Octopus, you know, returning. You know, we're going to see... Um, the Green Goblin with the pretty much an oh, original, the oh, same look. Oh, that makes sense now. 
Yes, yes. Uh, the same green goblin that we saw. Are you going to have the other Spider-Mans come back too? Because that'd be that's, really cool. So that's the thing. That's the, that's the rumor. And in fact... That's the rumor. You, it's not confirmed. Yeah, have you than, seen... I'm assuming, though. Savvy, uh, Sabrina, you saw the trailer that dropped last night? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, one you, the one you sent. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right? the big trailer, the big trailer. Yeah, because I've seen, like, all the trailers for it. <laughs> okay, there's a scene in there that a lot of people are saying was edited for the trailer, because there's a scene in there where it shows uh, a bunch of the villains, and it looks like they're all going after Spider-Man, except a couple of the villains aren't actually looking at Tom Holland. They're looking elsewhere. And so the big theory is that... Um, they actually edited out for the trailer other characters who are in that scene. Like and Toby Maguire and Like and Toby Maguire and or Andrew and, uh, Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Yes, yes. Uh, well okay. yeah, I mean that that's really exciting because not only, you know, possibly the original Spider Man, um, but also um Jamie Foxx's Electro from the Amazing Spider Man two. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and Rice Iphens, the lizard from the first Amazing Spider-Man, um, and um, Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman from Spider-Man mm-hmm. Three as well. So I mean, pretty much your Sinister Six, I guess, right? Well, it's five. Yeah. It's five right now. They're missing one the more. Green Goblin, or wait, no. Dr. Well, we mentioned Oc- the Green Goblin. There's Goblin. Green Green Goblin, Doc Ock. Um. Lizard, um, Electro, Alistair and, Smythe, the and the last one. I know who the last one is. It's Doctor Doom, isn't it? Kingpin. Kingpin. Oh, is it Kingpin? Which one is it, Zod? You're the comic book expert. Well, the Sinister Six. Oh, Doctor Doctor Doom, right? It, no, I thought no, it was no, Doctor no. Doom. No. In some of them, the Sinister Six changed a bunch of times. The only like real constant was Doctor Octopus, who was in them all. And sometimes it had Craven. Sometimes it had the Vulture. Sometimes it had Mysterio. And sometimes okay. it had the rhino. So, oh, okay. so it could be it could be any of them. I'm gonna bet. You know what I personally would love is how Jake Gyllenhaal Dr. comes Doom. back as Mysterio. I thought yeah. it was Doctor Doom, Doctor Octopus, uh, um, um, the Lizard, um, Green Sad Goblin, Man. Green Goblin, and. No, I don't think Sam Man was a, one of the original Sinister Six. Um, the Vulture, and oh, okay. um, what was the other one? Well, I want to say Smythe, Alistair Smythe. Possibly. Uh, we have we have two Spider Man um, knowledge <laughs> experts here. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Doctor Doom has been has ever been a member of the Sinister Six. But I, I'm. Yeah, maybe Alistair Smythe had. Like I said, the the group changed a lot over the over the years, so right. it's very possible. Now, what did you think of the? They kind of recreated the Amazing Spider-Man scene where Gwen Stacy with the, the Andrew Garfield version, where Andrew Garfield version of spider-man was unable to save gwen stacy and she fell to her death they kind of recreated that scene in the trailer mm-hmm. of this no way home if you noticed and uh i mean she's gonna be okay it's Andrea, right you know she's gonna make it to the next movie but uh no is... no 
what you're saying with uh, you're, you said Gwen Stacy, so I thought we were talking about well, it, it was like but, an homage. Um, it was an homage to that scene. Yeah. Well, that's Gwen Stacy or so yeah, Gwen, Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy dies. Um, well, that's a because in the in the uh, Andrew Garfield movie, I mean that's actually homaging like wow, one of the yeah, famous a, scenes that's... in Marvel history, right? Where Gwen Stacy dies, where yeah. like the whole thing the where the public picked Mary Jane. <laughs> so yeah, Sorry so, to so be if you saw about if you that, saw that but... in the trailer, Sabrina, right. they did an homage to that scene in Amazing Spider-Man in the No Way Home trailer, whereas mm-hmm. that day was falling to her death, but looks like Spider-Man was like like inches away from saving her, and they cut. So. I'm I'm pretty sure Zendaya is okay. Is what yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although did, I mean, was it a surprise when they killed Emma Stone in um, yeah. Amazing Spider-Man Two? Yeah, that was a little no, bit. No, not for me because they were talking yeah. about introducing another. No, they were talking about introducing Mary Jane into the next movie, but they didn't make another movie after that one. But um, the reason why is well, like in the comic book series, they they asked the public to pick who they wanted Peter Parker to end up with was either Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy. And the public actually picked Mary Jane. So they killed off Gwen Stacy. So it didn't surprise me at all that they killed her off in the second Spider-Man movie. Wow. Is where I'm going. Sorry. And speaking of Spider-Man shots, you sent me that Kirsten Dunst opens up about the extreme pay gap uh, in the Spider-Man movies, um, the original Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire. Um and um well i mean she's not the title character <laughs> you know no no yeah yeah you know, <laughs> you're not going to make the same as as the character that's that's the title of the film right i mean that's just common sense right yeah, it's, same it's with like black saying, widow like, it's like, you know it's like saying like why doesn't lord alfred um make the same amount as batman in the uh, dark knight right right um, so I think it's a frivolous point to, to bring up. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Wait, Kirsten Dunst, come on now, you know. Who are we talking about? Kirsten Dunst, Mary Jane oh, in, the, in the original. Dunst, yeah. Yeah. So apparently she was very vocal about the pay gap that uh, Tobey Maguire made a lot more. But you have to think about, you know, she's a supporting character. Of course they're going to play the lead character more, you know. Yeah. Um, and and I think it has to do with screen time as well. I mean, Mary Jane's not in every scene in the movie where Spider Man is, so yeah, I don't it's know. I really think screen it's... time and uh, like yeah. I mean, he's the lead actor. It's not called exactly. Mary Jane. It's exactly. called Spider Man. If it was called Mary Jane, then she should have a then, problem. Then but... you can get all kinds of you know upset about it, but like it's not. Exactly. It's called Spider Man. Like, hopefully, she got a bonus for that. Yes. Him, but get over it. A bonus for the kiss? Yeah, that upside down kiss. Um, In the rain. That's a little iconic, iconic scene, right? Um, It's very romantic. I'm into romance. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, Let's see. Over on Disney, Disney and Pixar have released a new trailer for the Turning Red movie, which is about um, a girl that uh, turns into a big giant red panda. And um, they just released a new trailer, but um, it just showcases new music from Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas. So they're uh, contributing to the soundtrack for that that movie. So wait, is this some kind of comic book shit that, that Jenna will know about? Some um, red panda. Red bullshit. panda. <laughs> <In the channel. laughs> 
Not oh, familiar. oh yeah, the Red Panda comic. Yes, that was back in nineteen seventy eight. Well, it would years. It would be under the Marvel banner if it was. I think it's under yeah. the Disney banner. It, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, is is she supposed to be like a superhero as the Red Panda, or is it just like a? a Not planet? really. She, yeah. She's okay, just a thirteen-year-old girl. Uh, yeah. Set in the early 2000s, and she was obsessed with something that her mom would not approve of, and that was boy bands. And then that's how, that's how they incorporated the boy band music into the. Uh, they got some in uh, sync, classic in sync in the trailer, um, along with uh, Billy Eilish and Phineas as well. All right, so let's also, talk about the bo- box office. Eternals still number one added. 27.5 million uh, in its sophomore outing, second week, and uh, pretty impressive. Despite the critics, um, you know, not being happy with the film or not really liking the film, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Again, I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm one of those. Uh, I'm very easy to please when it comes to superhero films. I don't know what it is, but um, I liked it too. I think I thought it was. Um, I thought it was. It definitely did what it was intended to do. I actually yes. think it would have worked a lot better though if it was like a series, like if they would have made it like a TV series, because right. then they could have they could have like fleshed out the characters a lot more than they did. Right. Yeah, I haven't, and, I haven't seen it, but it seems like there's too many characters to build up in a two and a half hour movie. It there's a lot of characters. I haven't seen the movie, yeah. but I'm excited to see it too. Um, I it and I really never trust critics anyway. Sometimes they could be they can be wrong. way off. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we talked about or very, the, or very yeah. judgmental. I feel like sometimes. <laughs> I mean, Rotten Tomatoes, fifty fifty percent critics, but like I think the audience score was in the eighties. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So um. You know, sometimes you have to go by audience scores, and of course, I was all about the Stark Brothers reunion. You know, um, <laughs> Richard Madden. You know, as Icarus, and of course, um, um, Kit Harrington as uh, the Black Knight. So really- so Al. Al, I, I mean, it's been a it's been a few weeks. Like we saw the movie, yeah. Together, and it's it's like, did you guys talk about the um the credit the after credit scene? Yeah, we talked about that last week, and okay. uh, um, we were we I remember you and me, General, we were trying to figure out who that voice was, and I think it was well, they they revealed they revealed they revealed who it, it was. It's Blade, Mahershala yeah. Ali, which uh, was a which was a big surprise to me when I read that. I was yeah that. Yeah, so it ties in Blade into, um, you know, the Black Knight character, which I, 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 has, has that been the case in the comic books? Has has Blade interacted so. with, with, with the Black Knight? Yeah. I'm sure they've I'm sure they've interacted before in like crossovers okay. and stuff. And they're technically both Avengers, though they were never on the team together. So okay. so maybe I mean, I guess the. um you know, they could, uh, but that's why, I mean, that's one of the things that was a surprise. I mean, in some ways it kind of makes sense because one of the things with the ebony blade is that it's supposed to have like a bloodlust. Mm-hmm. And so the Black Knight has to keep that bloodlust. And that's why he's not supposed to kill people with the blade. And um, so, you know, they could tie that in with the vampires. So, yeah, it could work. Awesome. I'm looking forward to whenever that's going to come out. All right. The number two movie is Clifford the Big Red Dog. 
Um, <laughs> with, uh, SNL's Keenan Thompson, Jack Whitehall, Tony Hale, which I did one day of background work on. Um, interestingly enough, I played a, a pretzel vendor of sorts. <laughs> did you? Were you in a scene with a dog? With the dog? No, they actually had um, someone with the uh, with something on his head to kind of give that height of the Clifford Big Red Dog. Oh, right. to pretend to be the dog. Yeah, yeah. No, there wasn't an actual CG dog on set. That's <laughs> <ridiculous>. <laughs> yeah. So no, no uh, red rockets. No red rockets, exactly. <laughs> uh, the third, fourth, and fifth place film. No surprise, Dune. No Time to Die, and Venom, Let There Be Carnage. So there you go. But I know which big movie coming out this weekend could uh, rumble up the box office, and that's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Like, finally, after all these pushbacks. Yes, pushbacks for like two years, right? Yeah, yeah. Aiming to generate $30 million in its domestic box office debut, and it's not going to be streaming on any platform. So this is so only, you gotta see it in the theater. Gotta go to the theaters for that one. So again, I saw the first half at the New York Comic Con. I was lucky enough to be treated to that. Sadly, I had another screening that I had to go to because we were, you know, we were basically treated, and it was a surprise. So obviously, you can't, you didn't, I didn't allocate the proper time to watch an entire movie um so luckily i got to see a little bit um a little sneak peek but yeah now obviously i'm going to finish the yeah. film and people probably thought you hated it like you're the only guy oh, i know the last, get up I know. halfway through walk down the aisle i know i know <laughs> like, movie. Where's, where's the four women at these aren't the ghostbusters leslie jones oh my god yeah, damn it I want my money back. <laughs> All right. So Doctor Strange is in production, guys. Um, apparently, they're doing some major reshoots. Um, and sources describe it as a significant production. The new shoots um, are taking place in L.A. Um, and yeah, apparently... At first, when I read that, I was I was thinking, ooh, that's not a good sign. Because usually, maybe yeah, right. means they don't really have that much confidence with what they've made. Right. But, but, I mean, it seems like it's a little more innocuous than that because it had to do with, like, a lot of stuff not being available because of COVID that yeah. are now available. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, that, that could be it as well. But um, oh, it's so exciting. I mean, I mean, we're, we're getting that movie, um, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, it's going to be in May uh, of 2022. And then upcoming... Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which has had its own woes due to um, Shuri injuring herself. And, of course, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, um, are the upcoming MCU films. Uh, Transformers and Star Trek, uh, those upcoming uh, films, blockbuster films, have been uh, delayed. Um, so Transformers Rise of the Beasts, originally scheduled for June of next year will now be coming out in June of 2023. I'm sure nobody's about that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know, you know, <laughs> apparently this one's supposed to be a prequel, you know, as well, yeah, just like the Bumblebee movie. Yeah. Well, and then of course, the, isn't the Bumblebee movie like the best of them all? It like, is. It is yeah. the best of them all. I mean, I, I, mean, I like that. the first one too. The first one was really good. 
but the um, first Marvel one, Day- yes. the first one I think is the only one I've ever seen. I don't think. Are I've you guys seen. talking about the animated movie? No, no, but the um, live, live action, action ones. Live the, action. The, yeah. Megan Fox, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Oh, you mean you're talking about Transformers? Okay, I was th- I yeah. thought you guys were th- I thought you transferred over to that like Disney movie about the bee, and I was like, how what? did we make this connection? I totally <laughs> forgot about the car being named Bumblebee. Bumblebee, and- yes. <laughs> yeah. Now you know. Now you know. And I got very confused for a second, but I'm here now. Yeah. And we don't know anything about the next Star Trek movie. Um, it's been pushed, but WandaVision director Matt Shackman is handling filmmaking duties. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed the movies, the recent movies with Chris Pine and, and Zachary Quinto. So are they still in it? Like, is this new one going to be a reboot or? Well, we don't really know um, who will star in this particular Star Trek film. So um, I'm assuming that it's going to follow um, the, the previous recent films, you know, to kind of. I mean, they'd be smart to connect them because they're decent films. I mean, to reboot a film franchise so soon, or unless they just focus on different characters, you know. But it's you know, they could, they could, they could move it up and have it be like uh, Picard and Riker and all them, and have new act, new young actors play them. Yeah, I'd say that would be cool, but they already have that Picard series on uh, Paramount that kind of takes away from that luster. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, so they're doing an animated film of Dr. Seuss's Oh, the Places You'll Go. And our friend John M. True from Step Up, Step Up 2. And uh, man, he's been killing it in um, in the uh, filmmaking world. Um, but uh, I guess this is his first uh, director- directing of an animated film. Um, J.J. Abrams is also producing this, so um, yeah, should should be pretty good, I guess, right? No, yeah, probably not. That book, the book's a lie. I received that book for my high school graduation. Yeah, all the places you go. Yeah, and here I am still on this show. So <laughs> that that book. Hey, you have a lie. Hey, you've been to forty-seven states. Forty-seven out of fifty you've, states. You've gone. You've gone there's all lots right, of places. I, I, this place I've been, you, you've also been all over the the fucking world as well. You've been to Australia, so I don't want any complaining from you, man. <laughs> well, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen any who's or any any cats in the hat or anything. So okay. <laughs> I've seen cats in hats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but mostly because they like if you have a really big hat, they'll get in it. Yeah. They like snuggly That's spaces. Mostly because of drugs, Sabrina. <laughs> no, it's because they like snuggly spaces. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, they like snuggly have... spaces. <laughs> Don't we uh, all? <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, so the Lethal Weapon movie, um, the Lethal Weapon 5, Mel Gibson is going to be directing the next film. Interesting, you know. Um, so back I, from crazy? Yeah, he's back from crazy. I'm curious if he will actually be um, starring in it as well, or at least, you know, in, in some kind of cameo or, or something like that. But uh, Has he even been in anything for a long time? Like, I'm interested to see what post Yeah, he was just in um, Mel Gibson was like. Was that Daddy's Home? Was that what? Daddy's yeah, Home? he was in Daddy's Home and uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, he's yeah, like, he's like twice the size that he used to be, isn't he? And then he um, played he played Santa Claus like last year in that yes. Netflix movie. He was in the Netflix movie as well, the holiday movie. But yeah. was it like charming Mel Gibson, or was it kind of like residual Mel Gibson? Crazy, angry Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leftovers, yeah. Mel Gibson. We remember, yeah. we remember that tirade. That was crazy. <laughs> crazy, 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 crazy. Hopefully the sequel is as good as the one that they made on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is an awesome episode. They did two of them. Yeah. I didn't know they did a second one. Okay. Cool. Uh, let's see. We have David Harbour from Stranger Things set to star in a movie called Violent Nights. Interesting. Sound, sound, uh, that rhymes with silent night, but yeah, uh, yeah. But it is actually a, a dark holiday thriller, so it's kind of like that okay. holiday thing. Yeah, I'm surprised no one thought about Violent Night before. It rhymes with silent night, but uh, I think it kind of sounds like a terrible title. But well, there was a mean. there was a horror um, called Silent Night, Deadly Night, right? Silent Night, I mean, Deadly Night. There you yeah. go, right? That was a, okay. that was a hard movie that, that came out. That sounds better I than Violent Night. Night. I mean, you could just stabbing people night. 84. But like, in Silent Night, Deadly Night, the one thing I remember about that movie <laughs> was mm-hmm. that um, Santa Claus killed a girl by stabbing her with a um, with a sharpened candy cane. That is the oh, one goodness. thing I really? remember about that movie. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it. <laughs> um all right there's another a uh man another shark movie i mean we've had like sharknado we've had um that one with ruby rose and of course uh but anyways this one's called uh deep fear um stars uh, madalena gina from house of gucci and ed westwick from gossip girl um but it's uh described as a shark survival thriller set in the caribbean yeah. um the yeah. first time that was ever Survival. Yeah, that was never done before. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I just Who cares? I, who cares, right? It's it's been done. Yeah. Really the sharks are killing people? The sharks are killing people, yes. Wow. wow. <laughs> how about a uh, how about we switch it up? We switch it up, make a movie from the point of view of the shark and the people are killing the sharks. Ah. Ooh. Ah. So uh, Ben Stiller and Kate Blanchett are set to star in the movie adaptation of The Champions. A, the Champions is a 60s British sci-fi spy series, but this will be a movie adaptation of said series. I don't recall The Champions before. Man, it's not another fucking another fucking remake. Well, you know, are are you familiar with seen... General? No, I'm not. No, no, no I'm not. But haven't I, like. Ben Stiller hasn't been any in anything for a while, for a long time. Yeah, it has been a minute, actually. Yeah. If Joe but, uh, doesn't know the movie, then I get the permission to remake it. <laughs> well, I mean, that the thing is, like, that we've never so heard... That nobody else has ever seen it. Who, who here has heard of The Champions, the British sci-fi Spicers? If you haven't heard of it, then I think it's... Personally, you can reboot something that's not a popular... Yeah. yeah, franchise already, right? You know, I think that's. Well, yeah, I would think so. And actually, like, I bet you, if you go to Britain, probably it may have been huge in Britain. It's just one right. of the things that never moved uh, moved over here. And exactly. I mean, Champions was the name of a '70s Marvel team, 
and uh, which they rebooted mm-hmm. a couple times and is currently um, it's currently like the teenage heroes in Marvel. They're called the champions. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I told you if you don't know it, then it's fine. All right. I think we're supposed to expect Stephanie, uh, but let's just move on really quickly to Disney plus before she gets on. Um, so uh, really quick, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader will face off once again in Obi-Wan Kenobi. They just uh, they posted some kind of like art, uh, like an um, artistic rendition preview, um, which shows um, a battle between Obi-Wan and, um, and Darth Vader. Um, and um, basically the conf- confrontation has been quoted as, um, having a swing at each other might be quite satisfying, is what e- Ewan McGregor said this uh, about the image. Uh, having another swing at each other might be satisfying. So, um, yes, we're going to see another that that confirms another um, lightsaber battle between Darth Vader and Obi Wan. You will see that. That's pretty cool. The, That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll see that I'm in the excited. upcoming. Um, and like this business. could be. This could be like Cobra Kai, where like if it's done right, it could make the original um, series even better. Right. Oh yeah. So this might really um, be the saving grace, especially for Hayden. I know he's super excited for this. I'm so glad he's on board. Yeah, we haven't. Yeah, it's going to be a big redemption for him. Yeah, we haven't seen Hayden in quite some time, so it'd be good to see him. And um, you know, links up the prequels, um, you know, well, but um, but that's all we have for now. No, no, um, no trailer just yet. Um, but we have a lot of Marvel stuff, guys, from this Disney Plus day. Um, we saw a sneak peek of Moon Knight and She-Hulk and Miss Marvel. So those are the three live action series. The She-Hulk one I liked the most. Um, Tatiana Maslany is playing She-Hulk, and of course Mark Ruffalo. Why does she have to make it? Well, I mean, you know, the thing about the She-Hulk, so, so Hulk turns into a monster, whereas She-Hulk right. turns into a giant green beauty. Um, okay. <laughs> who's, and the, the whole premise of the show, it's, it's a comedy. It's like a legal comedy with superheroes in it. So kind of a fun thing. But uh, more on Disney Plus stuff, guys. We, we are here to welcome our, our special guest, of the evening she is an amazing actress you can see on goldbergs and of course she's also a filmmaker uh and a writer and we're happy to have her on below the belt show hi thank you so much stephanie Catherine grant good to have you hi thank you i'm i'm excited to to be here yes we're excited to have you yeah yeah figured out how to turn the mic back on (laughs) yeah and uh, uh, Chachi McFly, as you see here on the chat, is a huge Goldbergs fan, right, Chachi? Oh, you've wow. Seen, you've That's seen right, every episode, yeah. Chachi, and I thought this is fitting <laughs> to have you on, Stephanie. Uh, it's Chachi's birthday show. Yeah. It's Stephanie's birthday. And- oh, amazing. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I was on a road trip, so I'm a few behind right now um, from the most recent episodes, but I've seen all the other ones um, back oh, to the nice. very beginning. Well, thank you for all your support of the show. I always... Um, you know, I'm always thankful to people who watch the show because it wouldn't be on so long if, you know, people yeah. didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, everybody else on here hates it, but I'm the one that loves it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm kidding. They all love it. <laughs> such a, it's such a great show. I mean, oh, uh, thank and you. you guys do you guys do the 80s right? Because there's a lot of shows. I mean, I think Stranger Things does it right. You guys do it yeah. right. But there's other shows out there that kind of sometimes miss the mark. Um, yeah. Certain, 
It was a show yeah. called That 80s Show, which was kind of like a spinoff for That 70s Show. And it was just like mm-hmm. two over the top with the 80s. It was like every, every scene was like, like 20 things from the 80s in one scene. It was just too much. But Goldberg's right, right especially under the um, guise of, um, of Adam F. Goldberg. Yeah. Was, you know, just, you know, really bases on his childhood and, you know, what he was into. Um, how much is Adam still involved with the show? Is he just a consultant now or is he still on the production of the, of the show? Um, yeah, you know, I think Adam still is creatively, you know, involved with stories and, and everything is, you know, of course, based on his life. So I think he's always, uh, you know, I don't see him as much as I used to, um, you know, but he's always around, always, he's always involved and he's always present, you know, on the show, which is amazing. And his attention to detail is, is really special too. I remember there was one episode many seasons ago, maybe season three, four, and, um, you know, just the attention to detail of the way he had the extras dressed and the way he had the set dressed. I mean, just every little detail down to the, you know, the type of juice or punch or whatever that, you know, were in the cups at some party dancing. It was it was really special to see just that level of detail in every in every scene. And how close is he uh, as an adult to what you see as the character, um, Adam, who you interact with the most? Oh, um, Adam, he's a very nice guy. I'd say, um, I mean, he's definitely, I'd say he's probably a bit, quite a bit different from, you know, the way uh, the character on the show is, you know, of course, because he's so over the top and, you know, funny and fun loving. But no, Adam's, he's, he's very talented, very smart, super professional. Um, He's just, yeah, he's overall, and he's very funny too, and always like cracking jokes and and stories. (laughs) So he's, he's very, very funny. He's a great person. That's awesome. Yeah, we no. uh, we met um, Wendy and um, and Sean on season one. We um, oh, interviewed nice. Wendy at the at the white uh, one of the White House um, correspondence dinner parties. Oh, yeah, nice. the create the Creative Coalition. Yeah, yeah, fantastic and, organization. Um, yeah. And I met Adam, and I mean, I mean, sorry, Sean, and he, you know, he. I wonder how old he was. He must have been like, you know, like maybe like ten or whatever. <laughs> and I season asked one, him, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and asked him for a, a photo op with him, and he's just like. Yeah, sure. He's like super <laughs> excited. Just like the nicest, nicest kid back then. Like, so yeah. it's really cool to meet him. And I've, and, and now he looks like like down down to my like waist on on the picture. But now he's like real tall. So it's funny yeah. to see him kind of grow up before our eyes on the Goldbergs. <laughs> really, no, both of true. you, both of you have really right. I mean, yeah. you started. How old were you when you started this show, Stephanie? Um, I was thirteen, and okay. I think Sean was. I mean, we we both looked pretty young, but I think he was. Oh gosh, 13, 14, somewhere in there. And so we were about the same age. And um, and yeah, it was just really special to kind of, you know, grow up on such an amazing show, but to have that experience with somebody who was also going through the same things on the show. Um, and he's so fun. And it's, you know, all the scenes are so funny. It's always, you know, jokes and improving and and it's it's just a lot of it's just a fun set. Now, um, you're your your uh, character of Emmy Mursky. Uh, this is based on an actual person, right? Yes. No, yeah. she's she's real. She's Adam's best friend and she's still his best friend. And uh, she's, I believe, a lawyer now in Philadelphia, wow. I think. Oh, wow. I've gotten that right. And you haven't met her? I did. I met her. She was in one episode. It was kind of an interesting, like, meta type of thing because, you know, I play her as a young girl. But in this episode, she was playing her mother. So I'm playing her but she's playing yes. her mother. So it was really interesting. <laughs> and, um, and she was very sweet and, and very kind. And that was kind of later, maybe season six. So I, I didn't 
put a face to a name till till much later. Wow, that is so cool. That is yeah. so cool. So so um Goldberg's is up to season nine. Um mm-hmm. I guess we still haven't heard about season ten yet. Do you uh, have you heard any rumblings? Uh are we getting season ten? Um, I think it's still too early to call, but you know, fingers crossed that that it does well and uh and maybe they'll they'll pick it up. But uh I'm not sure yet. Okay. Yeah. I was also curious with the timeline because um we're going 10 seasons. Yeah. Can we be stuck in the 80s or is it one of those like timeline that's more condensed? Can you, well, I'm, can still, you uh... I'm, I'm, I'm still stuck in the 80s, so they can do whatever <laughs> they want. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, Steffi, do you know how the, the timeline works in the show? Uh, it's very loose. You know, I think it's just the it's not a set year. It's just kind of 80s. It's sort of ebbs and flows. And so. Um, I think no matter what season, as long as the show will go on, it'll it'll still be in the 80s. Um, okay. it, it's just kind of like stuck in that kind of universe. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you don't think the show will go into the 90s? It will pretty much stay as a niche, 80s niche. I mean, I don't think so, but that's up to, I don't know, Adam's creative genius to maybe take it, you know, in a new direction, but, and based off his experiences, but I'm not sure. Yeah, and they had a they had the spinoff show schooled that dabbled right. in the nineties. So we kind of saw some of that. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah, now the first episode the first episode of this season was very emotional. Probably the most emotional yeah. that I've seen on the Goldbergs, and it was dealing with the loss of a Pops, which um was mm-hmm. played by the great George Segal in real life. Um what was it like working with him through all those seasons? He was really um really wonderful. I mean, such a kind, generous person. You know, I remember the first time I met him, I was very young, like 13 again. And, you know, he was just so um, welcoming and such a mentor and, you know, really just wanted to teach, especially the young actors on the show. He just wanted to kind of, you know, instruct and kind of teach this new generation of actors how to, you know, just behave on set and and just respond to direction, how to take direction. So he was um, very kind, very warm. It was definitely a shock to everybody. Um, you know, including the lead cast and, you know, it's certainly a different, different energy on the show without him. But, um, you know, it, it was wonderful while, while he was on there for so many seasons. Oh, yeah. So what was like the what was it like with that um, that week for filming? Like, was it very really hard for people to get through their lines, you know, dealing with that subject yeah, matter? Yeah, it was actually, I believe, on the season finale. So so many characters were there, all the cast, all the crew, producers, writers, everybody was there filming the season finale. It was this big scene. Um, and then, you know, they got the news that he had passed and everybody uh, was just like crying and hugging and nobody knew uh, what to do. And But it was, I guess, kind of bittersweet because everybody was sort of there together so they could all sort of share in, you know, in, in the pain and, and the joy, I guess, joy and the pain, um, you know, all together. So was he pretty sick of the, the, those, um, that last season? Because I noticed um, all his scenes were always sitting down on the sofa. Not, was, that, was he... not that I knew of. I mean, I... Um, I heard he had a surgery or something, and that's why. Yeah. I I didn't hear that he was sick. I mean, I, um, I saw him just, mm, gosh, probably maybe three, four weeks, maybe four weeks before he passed. I was on an oh, episode wow. with him. Okay. And, um, and he looked, you know fine to me and he did you know his usual thing and he came as his usual you know george pops kind of self on the set and i thought okay you know 
like I just didn't think Aww. anything of it. So I was just as shocked as everybody else when I heard. I thought, oh my, wow, didn't see that one coming. Oh, mm. yeah. Wow, but they did a nice little tribute for for him on on that premiere episode. So yeah, was, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Was the tribute hard for people to kind of relive all those emotions? I think so. I th- I think especially you know for the cast that was close to him, like Sean and Wendy and you know, just the cast members that had the most scenes with him, it was especially hard for them to kind of like, I guess, grapple with that and have to sort of chart this new direction on the show because he was such an integral part of you. Like, oh my gosh, Pops, you know, what am I going to do? And he was always kind of there with, you know, a bagel or or just something or a newspaper and kind of to not have that was really difficult. But I think by this point in the season, it's, um, it's definitely, you know, a well-oiled machine and it's kind of found like it's new groove a little bit. Okay. Right. Right. That's awesome. So yeah. since it takes place in the eighties, the Goldbergs, is there a particular eighties pop culture uh, that you're a big fan of uh, that you've kind of learned about while, while being on the show um, as a younger actress that, that wasn't born in the eighties. I, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I think for me, the one that I've gotten into is the Goonies. I didn't really uh, know. I didn't really know what, I know it's like, you're like, oh my gosh, but I didn't know what the Goonies was before I got the one script that it's like a Goonies episode. I thought, what is this? And then, oh, I, cool. you know, being a studious actor, I sat down and watched the film and I thought, wow, this is actually a really good film. And so whenever it's on, I like click it on. And, um, it's it's actually become a, a really uh, like favorite like family film of mine. It's my second, my second favorite movie ever. So... I oh, only saw that movie like two years ago, so. Oh, okay. Oh, you're <laughs> makes you feel better. I was born in the eighties, so. <laughs> well, I guess I'm not the only one. Right. Is there something that they haven't tackled yet on the show that you would love to see? Um, as far as anything that maybe they haven't missed, or maybe they weren't able to do for whatever reason. I mean, they already did. They already did a Ferris Bueller episode and they did, yeah. you know, Back to the Future. But I don't know. I'm, I'm a big Back to the Future. So I'd like to maybe see maybe see another episode or two about Back to the Future. Um, because I think they did a couple, but I don't know. I'd like to see that a little bit more because there were three films and they were all in the 80s. So. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's actually my favorite movie. Uh, do you have, do you have like an older sister or a mom or something that's single? <laughs> <laughs> like all uh, good movies. Older <laughs> mom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're too much, Shachi. Well, speaking of family, like speaking of family, Stephanie, you collaborate with your brother, uh, yes. with your own production company. So, uh, I watched Kepley. Wow, I am so impressed with what you oh, put together you. for this film. First of all, I'm a fan of Elizabeth Mitchell uh, from Lost and yes. from the, the V, uh, the V um, sequel series from a, yeah. a, a while back. And um, I gotta say, I. The cinematography was just so good. I mean, it was like, it was like really equivalent to any movie um, oh, that, I, that I would see. Wow! Tell us a little bit about assembling your team for this this um, this short film. And um, wow, I, I feel like I want to see more. Um, oh, thank you, know? you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's very much a you know collaborative effort between my brother and I. We co-direct and co-wrote, and um, you know we we kind of. I think balance each other out really nicely and we found a really good sort of workflow between the two of us. He was really an amazing visual artist and, you know, he sees things really 
wonderfully and always has these amazing shot ideas. And so, you know, I can't take all the credit for the cinematography. He definitely plays a big part in picking the color schemes and coming up with all these great ideas. And I tend more towards, you know, the, the structure and the script writing. And then, you know, we kind of bring those together. I think we work quite well. Um, And so it was his good friend um, who was the director of photography, um, director of photography, the cinematographer on Kepley, who was also the DP on several other of our projects. And so, um, you know, Michael called this good friend who's the DP and he said, you know, we're doing this film, would you be down? And he was like, absolutely. And so, you know, we worked closely with him to create all of the, you know, color spaces and, and the sets, the production design. And, um, and you know, we're, we're really happy with the way it came together. And we definitely wanted to kind of push the boundaries of what, you know, a short film is and can be and can look like. And, um, and I feel like we accomplished that. <laughs> Absolutely accomplished it. I mean, first of all, where did you shoot the, that very scenic uh, scene in the beginning of the film? Um, well, we shot that, we shot all around Los Angeles, but we shot, uh, sort of the ending stuff in, uh, Badwater Basin and Death Valley. Oh, Death Valley. Yeah. Wow. And then Holy the first smokes. stuff in the opening with the, with the tree that was out in Simi Valley out at like an abandoned oh, yeah. golf course. Okay. And it was, yeah, it was very interesting. It was very, I mean, very far away. And we got there at like 4am the day because we wanted to catch that sunrise um, and, and we were very happy with the tree. Mike, Michael was doing location scouting with the DP one day and he texted me, he's like, I found the tree. You'll never believe it. <laughs> wow. That was amazing. Well, tell us how you got Elizabeth Mitchell involved. That's Elizabeth a pretty big Mitchell, get. Yeah, she, she was really wonderful. Um, you know, we yeah. were, we spent, um, you know, quite a while in the casting process with our casting director and really brainstorming yeah. different actresses and people who we thought would be right. And, um, you know, we had gone out to Elizabeth Mitchell and it just so happened that my manager actually used to work with her and, you know, knew her quite well. And so, you know, I was able to speak with Elizabeth directly and, you know, we talked for about 30 minutes about just various things, life, the film, you know, references, the inspiration behind it. Um, you know, and I felt good about it and, and of course she said, okay, you know, thank you. She was very kind. She's like, you know, I need to talk with my agent. And then, you know, a couple of days later, she um, officially accepted and said yes. And we were so happy to have her. And she's just really a wonderful actress and so hardworking and just such a wonderful, you know, human being too. She's so kind and um, just warm and has such like an optimistic energy that it's yeah. kind of infectious to everybody. Yeah, and yeah, the the acting was top notch. I mean, yeah, every every character you. on that that film was was fantastic. Tell us a little bit about the premise. So, I mean, obviously, I've seen it. Uh, I don't know if any of the panel got a chance to watch it, but um, yeah. tell us a little bit about the premise. Yeah, so it's a neo noir thriller, and it's centered around Elizabeth Mitchell's character, who's this detective named Jillian Kepley, uh, and hence the title Kepley. And it sort of follows her as she was hunting down this missing persons case. But as she is going deeper into this case, you know, it reveals a lot of stuff from her past that have been buried and, you know, that she kind of has to ultimately face at the end. And I won't give sort of the, the big twist at the end away. It was, yeah, it was, it was a crazy twist. Can you mention your character <laughs> as well? Or is that revealing too much as well? Um, yeah, so I was in it. I had a small, small part. Um, and my character is the girl that she is um, 
investigating in the case, the girl that's gone right. missing that she kind of keeps seeing in all these various locations and kind of keeps, you know, haunting her um, throughout the entire thing. Wow. I love that twist. I mean, I, without revealing it, but I I, yeah. I feel like this short could actually be extended into a feature. Have you thought, has that crossed your mind or you feel yeah. as a short, it's just the, just, just perfect the way it is. No. Yeah. We are definitely working on the feature adaptation of it and you know, oh, working on the script. Oh, for that. So uh, hopefully oh, cool. we'll, you know, be able to adapt it and, and make it full length, you know, sometime soon. Oh, cool. And then you're going to keep yeah. the same, same actors in mind for the, the, the extended uh, feature film. For sure. For sure. I mean, if, if they're available and willing to do it, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. Wow. That's awesome. So so you said it's a co-collaboration with your brother. Yes. Uh, what were you influenced by? Just, just some like murder mysteries or just in, just your, your typical CSIs, maybe some of the plot lines? <laughs> I was curious where you came up uh, with some of your concepts. Yeah, no, we're, we're very much influenced by, you know, a lot of like those like hard boiled old noir films. Um, I love Alfred Hitchcock. I think in my mind, he can do no wrong in any of his films, mm-hmm. um, you know, Vertigo, especially. Um, and, you know, we were also influenced by a lot of like very lyrical elements of like Terrence Malick's films. And so we oh. wanted to kind of try and blend those two together, blend like, you know, the dark and the light and, you know, the gritty mm-hmm. and, and the delicate and you know, kind of like find a way to blend those two together and find a happy medium between them. Wow, that's so cool. And I'm looking at your IMDb. You actually have a couple more projects um, in development. Yes. Yeah, we're working on some some other interesting projects. Yeah, I guess these are not... um, not available to talk about just yet. Maybe something... Uh, Not not just yet, but hopefully soon. I know IMDb Sit. Pro gives a little bit more than the regular <laughs> IMDb. I know. <laughs> wow, well, that's you, um, really exciting. Did you start writing first, or did you start acting first? And if you started writing first, like, how long have you been working on these movies that are these ideas that you made into movies or shorts that yeah, you're adapting so it? I um, my brother and I, we both started acting first. You know, we moved to LA quite a few years back now and so we definitely started um acting in the industry first that was kind of you know our first like dipping a toe into the sort of filmmaking world and then you know once we sort of saw what it was all about we both really loved it and thought oh my goodness you know if we can make movies for a living like my goodness who wouldn't (laughs) want to do this Um, (laughs) yeah and then in about 2015 or so we started you know uh writing and taking screenwriting classes and just, you know, trying to educate ourselves a little bit more about writing, directing. And we made our first short film in 2016. And, um, you know, we just kind of sent it off to film festivals and hope for the best. Uh, and ended up doing, you know, very well and we were very happy about it. And then went on to do some other commercial work in between, um, you know, Till Kepley. And so, you know, we just are constantly kind of growing and developing and learning and, um, always learning new things. I mean, we learned so much on Kepley about just directing and writing and editing and just putting a film together. And and so we're just, you know, always constantly wanting to grow and, and learn and develop. Awesome. Okay. And your film just has curious. made, yeah, your film has made quite the uh, the impact at the festival circuit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been great so far. Um, you know, we won Best Short at Montreal Independent and Best Cinematography. 
Um, oh, and we yeah. were nominated for Best Short at uh, Burbank. We just got back from Orlando where we screened. Um, oh, nice. Prague Film Festival. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been, you know, we're, we're very happy with, you know, oh, wow. how it's been doing so far. Wow. What about the upcoming Sundance? Is it eligible for that? Uh, yeah, I think they haven't um, released their uh, official selection yet. So, so fingers crossed on that Fingers one. crossed. <laughs> There's no party like Park City, let me tell you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. That, that's awesome. Very, very cool. And of course, this is yeah. I'm reading here. Dominion was your other um, short film, which which yeah. actually screened at Cannes. Oh, uh, the Cannes yeah. short, short corner. Yeah, Cannes? it did. It was. Um, we were very happy that it got in, and we were yeah. kind of surprised, uh, being our first short film and all. Wow, very, very, very amazing what you've accomplished that, you know, as a young filmmaker, um, just getting your your, um, your work out there. So quite a team, <laughs> quite a team you and your brother yeah. have, a, uh, have, have, you know, collaborated on, on, on this great film. So, wow, well, well, well I, we'd love to have you back when these other big films that you are having yeah. in, uh, well, thank uh, you. Down, down the road and uh, more talks about anything else we want to promote here on BTB before we wrap up? Um, I guess I can just drop our uh, our social handles. It's just yes. at uh, Harris Grant Productions, H A R I S G R A N T Productions, all one word, on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, where you can find all our work and updates on festivals and teasers and clips and all that kind of fun stuff. Of course, and continue to watch Goldberg's season nine. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Any, Thanks. Any um, yeah. episodes you want to plug for the Goldbergs? Um, you can talk about. I was just working on one this week. I don't know if I can talk about the premise exactly, but it's um, you probably probably can. NDAs, Chachi, NDAs. But all I can say is it's very fun, and there's a lot of really funny and unexpected moments in it, and um, I think I think you'll enjoy it. Is <laughs> all I can okay. say. <laughs> any, any other any other like um. Anything else you want for your character, um, Mursky, on the show? Like anything you want her to do, or like? Um, I guess I'm just curious to see how Emmy will graduate high school and what she'll kind of end up doing on the show. I know what she did in real life, but I'm just I'm excited to see how they'll like you know wrap up my character's sort of exit from high school and sort of I guess entrance into adulthood. I'm I'm excited to see how they're gonna you know write that. Very cool. Wow. Very cool. Wow. Stephanie, thank you so much thank for uh Thank for you calling. so much. Join thank us so much DTV. And before I let you go, if you could uh let us know who you are, throw out a plug for Goldberg and Kepley, and then let us know you're on Below the Belt show and whatever you want at the end. Okay. Just whenever? Yeah, whenever. Okay. Hi, I'm Stephanie Catherine Grant. Uh, I play Emmy Mursky on the show The Goldbergs, currently in season nine. Um, I'm also the director and co-founder of Harris Grant Productions with my brother, Michael Grant. Our most recent short film, Kepley, stars Emmy-nominated actress Elizabeth Mitchell and Aaron Stanford. Uh, that's currently making the festival circuit. I'm here on the Below the Belt podcast, and this has been a really great time. Awesome. Wow, what, one take wonder. Right? Yes. 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 An expert in her craft. <laughs> that's right. Out. Let's do a, a quick, snap. yes, do a snap quick snapshot on the count of three. Sure. Ready? One, two, three. Very good. Awesome. Awesome.
Well, thank you so much. This has thank been you so much. such a wonderful uh, way to end my evening here. Aw, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Seem wise beyond your years. So, yeah. yeah. Great career. Very proud of what you accomplished. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, we All try. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Stephanie. Have a good night. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, guys. That was Stephanie Catherine Grant from the Goldbergs. Happy oh, birthday, she's Sachi. charming. She was so yes. nice. She was so earnest in uh, describing I everything. I loved and it. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She had a common presence about her like you. Very you much so. That? Yeah. You guys have that same kind of calming vibe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, had, she had like that kind of royal vibe too. Royal, <laughs> <laughs> like a princess or something. Yeah. Well, I think this is a great, yeah, great time yeah. to take a classic cut break. So I'm sure, Chachi, you would love to hear your theme song. I would. All right. So here we go with the classic cuts. Where my dog's at. It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi's That's right, Sabrina's favorite theme song back once again. I swear to God, I never hear anything else. I don't even know or remember what that last line is. I just what? hear, what do you I hear? want Chachi inside of me. That's literally all I hear. I don't even remember what the last line is because I swear I hear it every time. It's like, I want, I want. Chachi, Chachi inside of me. <laughs> ah, that's great. Can you imagine her boyfriend walking by the door right now, being like, "What I the know, hell?" I know. He's probably like, "What the hell are they talking about?" Right now? <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I never. I don't even know what the last line is, and I know you guys right. have told me before, but then I, I forget. Never learn it. I hope you never learn it. And I'll, I'll, cause I'll never hear anything other than that. I literally always hear that. And now, now that you know that that's what I hear, hopefully you'll hear it too. Well, hopefully you'll hear it. And well, that's what right. you got for the cut? Got in charge once again, and also inside of you. Um, we're here <laughs> each and every week. We, I pick a song out of the archives. You know, a dusty cassette tape, blow into it twist it up with a little pencil, put it in, and play it for you guys for your listening pleasure. And this week is no different. Um, this one is going to go way, way back, and it might be one of the oldest ones um, that I, I picked. This is actually a song by Jimi Hendrix. Wow, And it's great. called Voodoo Child. And I picked this song because of, um, you know, I was down in New Orleans, a lot of voodoo going on around there. Um, and also, for my birthday, as once upon a time a child, or as, you know, Hendrix could say it, child. But this is a song from 1968. Wow. This is by the great, late, great Jimi Hendrix, Voodoo Child, which was also um, Hollywood yep. Hogan's theme that's, song. That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for w- the rest of Yes. <laughs> it all ties together. It all ties together, guys. We'll be back right after the classic. Cut. We'll be back. We'll be inside of Sabrina. I'll see you. Hello, 
All right. Woo. Jimi Hendrix. Hulk Hogan. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Seems like. Wow. Man. Well, let's get back into it, guys. Uh, a lot to uh, mention. We we just talked about Disney Plus. Um, so we mentioned the She-Hulk um, live action series on Disney Plus. Um, anyone excited for Moon Knight or Miss Marvel or Hawkeye? I am super excited mm-hmm. about Moon Knight and Hawkeye. Okay. I'm excited Hawkeye. about Miss Marvel and Hawkeye, but okay. I don't know about this other random person. You're not familiar <laughs> with Moon Knight? No. Really? Only Moon Knight I know is Tuxedo Mask. Okay. Generally, you, you <laughs> might have to school Sabrina and I guess our audience are not familiar with the Moon Knight character. Oh, yeah. Moon Knight, Moon Knight is know. one of the coolest characters in Marvel Comics. And one of the reasons why he's so cool is because, well, like, Sabrina, you've never heard of him. He's not that, like, he's not that prominent. Uh, I mean, this is the first time I think he's appearing in any sort of, like, outside of comics. Any sort yeah, of... Yeah, live, uh, first live-action iteration. Right? First live-action. I don't think he's ever appeared in any animated series or anything like right, that. Exactly. And um, the best way to describe it is Moon Knight is crazy like he's uh he's legitimately insane like maybe not insane isn't the right word he has uh like it, deadpool uh kind of not as funny as deadpool a lot more like tragic and um despair despair and kind of <laughs> but it's like uh he has dissociative uh did dissociative identity disorder and that comes up a lot in the comics and um where he, um, I mean, that's collo- you know, colloquially known as like multiple personalities, yeah, and he has like right. personalities that he goes into, and his stories get really, really weird. Like, are weird. they all like superheroes? Uh, yeah, kind of different personalities. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like his original one where he's and there's all sorts of um, juxtapositions where like he comes from this. um, He's he came from this like really devout Jewish family where his father was a rabbi, a pacifist rabbi. And he like rebelled against all of that and became a soldier and eventually became a mercenary. And um, he was in Egypt and he uh, he was killed by. his client that he was working for, who was this like dictator for this um, a dictator for this African country. And he was brought back to life by this ancient Egyptian moon god. But the wow. whole thing is like through all of it and the stories kind of like vary, but sometimes they make it seem like there is no Egyptian moon god and he's it's all in his head. And no. he actually. Do you think the people will be up in arms uh, because it's Oscar Isaac, which I don't think is, I don't think he's Egyptian, but he's playing, I guess. Oh, he's an not. Well, Moon Knight, Moon Knight is an Egyptian. He's like. Oh, he's Jewish, not Egyptian. He's okay. just like a, he's a Jewish American guy. Okay. Now, is is Oscar Isaac Jewish? So hopefully the Jewish community doesn't get all up in arms that. I don't know. But... That, that the actor's not uh, Jewish that's portraying Moon Knight, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. But he he's amazing. I mean, it it's it's Poe Dameron, guys. Poe Dameron, mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac himself. Now he's got the distinction so, of being in the Marvel and the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I yeah. Think it's really cool. So does his super different personalities have different superpowers? No, no. They. I mean, he doesn't yeah. really have any powers. That's the oh, whole thing. Okay. 
Like he's uh and that and and that's the other thing, like in the comics, the comics would get really brutal because he would get into these battles and he doesn't have any power, so he would sometimes get the shit kicked out of him himself. And then but what? he'd still come back and beat the um beat whoever the villain is. And interesting uh, character, very interesting character. Maybe and I think like they were kind of going Batman with kind of way because he's still a hand to hand combatant though, right? Like yeah, he's... yeah. I mean, okay. like uh, on a on a like really really kind of superficial level, he's a lot like Batman. Okay. Like he's got like because uh, one of his uh, one of his personalities turns out to become a financial genius and he gets like really rich and he uses that to like have like you know at least in some versions of the stories he has like a moon copter and like you know he throws mm. these like crescent moon things that are like batarangs and okay yeah in general did you ever think in your life all this useless knowledge you have would ever come in handy and you'd be able <laughs> to like showcase it on a platform like this i had never in a million years <laughs> ever thought i would be talking about moon Knight when i'm as old as i am now <laughs> i will say that <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So Hawkeye, that's the next live action Marvel series on Disney Plus. And um one of my favorites is uh Haley Steinfeld. Um again, I've said many times she's a really cool chick got the party with her at the Republic Records party after the VMAs. Um and um yeah, she brings it back to New York um as Kate Bishop. Mm-hmm. And she is Clint's biggest fan, and that's Jeremy Renner. Uh who is Clint, uh, a.k.a. Hawkeye. And uh, looks like this uh, particular um, series will have like a Christmas theme, which is great, um, which is very fitting because it comes out during the holidays, you know. Um, I think we're only a couple weeks away. Yeah, from, it uh, comes out next week, I think. It's, it's coming out next week, okay. So we're very close. And what I'm really excited about is that Florence Pugh will be reprising her role as Yelena from Black Widow. So... Very, yeah. very cool uh, that we're going to see her uh, return. And, of course, she's not going to be very happy with Hawkeye, uh, considering it was Hawkeye and um, her sister, um, I guess, uh, fighting to the death, basically. Uh, fighting to die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be the, the one to die in Avengers uh, Endgame. So, uh, yeah. Well, one of the things about that, though, is how on earth is anyone... How how does anyone on Earth know what happened to um, what happened to Nat- Natasha and that Clint is somehow responsible for it? Because it happened in this like weird I don't know inside of the Soul Stone, isn't that what how right. it worked? Right. Yeah, like yeah, like you know Julia Lewis Dreyfus's character Valentina is like, oh, you want to go find the guy who killed your sister? How would she right. even know that happened? <laughs> Right. Oh my right. God, that's right. a good point. Yeah, that took place in what 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 area of the galaxy did that take place? Like in? some other part of the galaxy? No, it took place yeah. inside of the Soul Stone, didn't it's, it? Isn't that how that worked? Inside of the Soul Stone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So unless unless Hawkeye was you know writing a memoir, yeah, uh, there's no way. <laughs> <Yeah>. for, for <laughs> That's a very, very uh, perceptive point there, General Zod. I have to give that one to you. Um, other shows include Agatha Harkness. <laughs> um, what do you think of Agnes getting her own show, General? I can, uh, it could work. Catherine Hahn's really work? Yeah, Catherine Hahn's really great. I don't know exactly. She's great in the role. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the comic book character I don't think has ever had like 
you know that much attention right been always spotlighted been... in that way exactly right so um talking about but, wandavision well yeah uh, agatha from wandavision the Ag- by Catherine Hahn, is getting her own series yeah so but you've seen you've seen that's wandavision kind of yeah? strange yeah i mean she's kind of like first of all she's not is it kind of gonna be like a venom thing i don't even know what to ask about this why why is she getting her own spinoff i guess is really where i'm going with that you'd rather see a, a wandavision season two i guess huh yeah well, they could do, they could do a lot with would rather uh, see could... a wandavision two with well, than they... like a random ass story about a villain that you know was in one episode or not more well she's more like than one every episode of division she was in yeah. a lot of the episodes but like right. it wasn't called like random ass witch that got beaten <laughs> uh, <laughs> could it be, Wait, could better, it be that maybe be they're title. trying to maybe they're trying to like i, I don't know i've noticed that like lately you like it's, I'm it's been a focus Cruella yeah. Thing. yeah exactly yeah, yeah you, you stole that out of yeah. my mind yep the Agatha Harkness. Well, she's not that evil. Yeah, she, in the comics, she wasn't evil at, at like, all. Well, look, if we look at a lot of serial killers' histories, they had it started somewhere, but they yeah. still killed people. And, and I think about we serial remember that when we think about Maleficent and Cruella. Yes, yes. very. But very... also, I mean, I like to wear animals too, so I don't really, okay. I don't hate on you that much with. Cruella, sorry. <laughs> so, General, I, I gotta it. ask you. I gotta ask you about Echo. I know nothing about this character, Echo. Um, Echo is oh, also. Oh, it, you assume the General does. Yes, Actually, I do. A, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I'm reading has this character play. Uh, the character is Maya Lopez. Has the ability to perfectly copy another person's movements or fighting style. Kind of that's like Taskmaster. Cool, that's Taskmaster. A very cool. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So, so Echo is, um, I don't know. She's, she's, she hasn't really been that prominent a character in the comics. Although recently they've actually done a lot more with her, and they they put her in a really weird direction in the comics where uh-huh. she's now she's now the possessor of the Phoenix Force. That's usually associated uh. with like Jean Grey. Okay. <laughs> okay. So she's like rogue. Kind of. Like, rogue. Uh, kind of, I guess. Oh no! Like, well, rogue sucks people's power. She can't use them, right? No, she no. Well, wait, she can. Yeah. In in the comics, like the Phoenix Force is like this, like um, you know, cosmic entity, and it chooses <laughs> someone to like inhabit. And I in this case, about the Phoenix Force. I was talking about how she got her powers from other people's powers oh no no she's more like taskmaster taskmaster has the power where like he can like copy people's motions and abilities that way not like rogue she he does she doesn't copy powers and uh, it's more it's more like it's more like she can like she watches some ple- like master martial artist yeah. and she can fight like them or like she uh, watches- okay okay so it's not like she's like, oh, okay, if I touch Superman, I can fly. No, no, no. Okay, all right. And so, like, and well, I the whole that power's cooler, but yeah, but her and... power is cool too, I guess. <laughs> hey, another another series on Disney Plus, but uh, the animated <laughs> series are in full force. 
Anna B, I know you're excited. The X-Men are back. Not the live action for X-Men yet, but X-Men 97. This is basically uh, going to be a continuation of the 1990s X-Men, X-Men animated series that ran for five seasons on Fox from 92 to 97. Yes. That's awesome. I wonder if they're going to be one for Spider-Man because that would be super cool. Yes. Actually, I got some news on Spider-Man, Sabby, but really quick before that, Anna B, how excited are you about X-Men coming back in an animated form? I'm really excited. I don't know if I share, you probably guys remember the story that like my parents were very super strict and conservative. And the only show they, I was allowed to watch was, you know, like uh, cartoons, like um, X-Men was the first x-men um yeah. Sailor Moon. all these these were the, like the only ones i was allowed to watch so wow so you know about that tuxedo Aww. mask life yes i do it's music to my ears and so i would it be the same this be the same animation style as the original it, it actually looks very similar to the animation style right, of the cool. 90s series yep so that should be really really exciting yeah so spider-man yes savvy we have spider-man freshman year oh my god spider-man freshman year so we're going to get an animated look of the early days and i think they're they're they'll cover the origin story in this series because we've seen the origin story so many goddamn times in the movies already yeah yeah that's why they started with tom holland freshman years tom holland's yes uh, the, the the Spider-Man Tom Holland's because they're actually going to get some of the actors to voice some of the characters in the Spider-Man freshman year. So, hey, there you go. No, but I know no, you want to you want to see not make me happy. OK, so you want to see Spider-Man as an adult. I know you said this on the show many times. Is that what you're alluding to? Yes. God. Yes. <laughs> He's so much more interesting as an adult. He is. Right. That's what, like, and, we've ne- and we've never seen it in live action. We've never seen it. You're right. Yeah. But we just keep doing him as a child. And guess what? No one cared about him as a child. No one cared. Okay. <laughs> we read the comic books as him as an adult. He was a reporter in the comic book. He was a reporter yeah. in the cartoon. Now we haven't seen he's any always of that. in high school. And it's annoying. It's yeah, annoying. And no one yeah. cares. And we need uh. to stop. They need to stop. <laughs> Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire was an adult in Spider-Man two and three. Kind uh. of. He was like in college. He okay. was, had just finished being. But also, I'm really, really have been doing my best since I saw Spider-Man three to repress that memory. Um, <laughs> Because it was so awful. Uh, it literally paid <laughs> my soul to acknowledge its existence. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah, Toby McGuire was my favorite. Traumatizing. I mean, I didn't mind the first and the second, but the third one literally causes me pain. It was, <laughs> it was so it was a lot. bad. It was, a lot it was so in, bad. Yeah. It literally hurts my soul. Like, but the second one was so good. The sequel was great. The second one was so good. The first one was good. You like him as as like the emo outfit? Makes me like really makes me have a bodily react. I feel the same way as when I watch a Liberty Mutual commercials. Like, oh, that's yeah. This makes me have like I get angry about it. Wow. Yeah. Liberty, 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 Liberty. I'll, I'll get so upset about it. I'll just be like going into the main kitchen like no 
It made no sense. It all bothered oh, me so man. much. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Chatter, what do you know about Marvel Zombies? It's a bunch of, bunch of comics in an alternate universe where most everybody turns into zombies. Wow. <laughs> that's about that's about that's about all it is. And I mean they did the what if episode uh that had the Marvel zombies in it, I guess. Yeah. What they what they might do is expand on that because it ended with Spider Man with the um the the uh, Doctor Strange's cloak and they went to Wakanda and it was implying that uh Thanos Thanos was about to come down or I think it was Thanos was about to come down and invade. So I, I'm guessing that's where they, it's, it's probably going to be uh, an expansion from that. Yeah, they said it's unclear if Marvel Zombies will be a spinoff of What If yeah. or chart its own course. But they but. they've had they've had numerous comics throughout the years called Marvel Zombies, and they all seem to yeah. take place in slightly different alternate universes where different things happen yeah. to make, all, make the zombies. And so, um, general, 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 why don't, why, why don't you hire like bodyguards to keep all the women off of you from your comic book knowledge? <laughs> you must have to, right? You must have to. I do, I do. It's tough. Just as you know, just this tempting knowledge. They want to his body. His bodyguard is called Mrs. General. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> do you ever think that? Your, your stuff would be mainstream ever in your life. You know, you know, the funny thing through college uh, up until about my mid 20s, nobody knew that I, I knew anything about comics. I okay. never talked about it with anybody. Oh, you're a classic. I talked about it to everybody. I'm into the conversation. Okay, don't all just look at me blankly like that, guys. <laughs> well, I mean, that was the thing. Like, like you know, literally all of you just stopped and looked no, at me no, like, "Well, no. Sabrina." See, general, that's why you hooked. That's why you hooked up in college. Exactly, and yeah, that's exactly. that's probably a lot of what it was. But then, um, <laughs> it was after I met Mrs. General that I was like, you know what? And I finally admitted to her, like I been dating her for like three months and i finally admitted it to her and i was i was expecting some blowback and she she, but no she was like oh okay well whatever that's cool and then never really it's cool situation where you were like bursting where somebody said something wrong like well doesn't superman own a huge mansion in gotham and you were like no (laughs) was it it hard coming out to your parents as a comic (laughs) fan Oh, my parents hated it. They hated it so much. Did they really? Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they, they obviously let me buy them, but it was so clear they disapproved of it. And, because uh, of all the long box space. that. Yeah. Was your dad like, your dad like, go throw football, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. For me, it was kind of actually like different. Um, Like a lot of guys, like, you know, they would say, oh, that's guy stuff. You know, girls shouldn't like comic books and stuff like that. So right. yeah. that was my experience. That, was, that always surprised People me. People did that to you me. And, idea but I was like, when I was a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid, I would have been so fucking excited to talk comics with a girl. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. I didn't know any girls that, that liked it back then. 
And uh, someone wanted to talk to me about comics, and I had a lot of guy friends. (laughs) (laughs) Please stop talking about this. We don't care. What's Spider Man and Mary Jane? And they were like, um, please stop. Oh, (laughs) these guys now see you in the sexy cosplay outfits and they hit you up and you're like, come on. Well, I thought you said girls going to be into comic books. So um, delete. Yeah, right. No one should be into comic books. It's lame. And I was like, oh, well, I think if you I think you think it's lame because you just don't understand it. Maybe if you knew more about some of these characters and they'd be like, all right, you're done. (laughs) <laughs> so well hey a lot of us uh, have embraced have it that i can talk to about it all the time right general exactly exactly it is okay to be a geek now i guess yeah that that's the moral of the yeah. story there, guys all right also disney plus they actually have um wow so they're having uh the tiana the first african-american princess back for a new musical adventure uh, so this is going to be basically a uh, long-form musical series, Tiana, which continues the story from Princess and the Frog. So that's kind of cool, bringing her back. Um, so that's uh, also really cool. So, um, all right, moving on to Netflix, guys. Um, wow. Um, in a very apoc- apocalyptic uh, film uh, starring, like, literally every huge name in Hollywood, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Timothy Chalamet, Jonah Hill, Ariana Grande, Kate Blanchett, Tyler Perry, Chris Evans, and Al Soto. Oh, shit. Did I miss it? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, I'm in the film, guys. Look for me. It's called Don't Look Up. It's going to be on Netflix. Um, premieres in theaters December 10th, and then will drop on Christmas Eve on Netflix. So, um it's a heck of a film. Basically, there's a 100% chance that a comet is going to hit Earth. And, of course, it's all the, the chaos and the, the you know, the dealing with that, um, you know, um, doom that, that's, uh, that's inevitable. But then there's also some doubters that think science is bullshit. And then um, that's what they're saying. Don't look up. Don't look up. Because what they're saying is bullshit. There's no comet going to hit the Earth. So it's pretty Come much on. people. People always believe the science. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> so it's kind of it's it's very um, parody. No, it's not parody or um, satire. It's very satirish. Okay. Um, I think maybe with like the political climate, maybe the COVID nineteen vaccine um, of 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 different people that are are not uh, are believing different things about this comment about to destroy Earth. So. Um, Interestingly enough, Leonardo DiCaprio doing a streaming movie. He always does the big movies that just go straight to the theater, and um, so that that's interesting too. I, I don't I yeah. don't remember Leonardo DiCaprio in anything streaming before. That's kind of um, interesting. But it's uh, Adam McKay, and Adam McKay he's done Vice, The Big Short, and he's got a very unique filmmaking style. And you can see it in the trailer. It looked great, and it's good to see Jennifer Lawrence back. Jennifer hasn't done anything in a while she took a really long break from acting so it's good to see jennifer lawrence back on uh you know she's always fun (laughs) um of course netflix has big christmas movies coming out we talked about one last week um the love love hard uh which was which was fun um but Lindsay lohan's got um 
an untitled Christmas film, uh, untitled holiday rom-com. Um, interestingly enough, um, wondering why it's an still on untitled, an untitled holiday rom-com rom-com. Yes. <laughs> Like the movie, they were like, we can't think of a name for this. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I Let's mean, just is it call Christmas? it untitled. <laughs> uh, like literally almost a month from now, and yet they still have no title for this? Okay. Random <laughs> Christmas movie. Right. It's got to be hard. I'm sure most of the good titles are already taken for Christmas movies. Yeah, that's true. That's another good point. There's so many of them out there. Yeah, it's not but, like you can't just take it anyway. There's, yeah. I'm sure there's a few different duplicate movie name titles yeah. that oh, yeah. people have had. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, besides anything, anything is a title. So, you know. And good, and good <laughs> to see Lindsay Lohan back. She, she Better than she, not having one. I mean, other than that the parting at the club, I haven't seen her on the screen in a long time. So, uh it's good to see uh, Lindsay Lohan back. Um, they're also doing a, a Avatar: The Last Airbender live action uh, series at Netflix, which we talked about before. They just cast Mandalorian star and Kim's convenience star Paul Sung Hyung Lee, who will play Uncle Iroh, the retired Ooh. Fire Nation general. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, this is, is going to be out before the real Avatar movie. <laughs> so, right, up. Last ever. Yeah, it's just funny. They have the very similar titles, but they're very, yeah. very, very different properties. Uh, Chachi, I know you're very excited about Ozark season four. Thanks for I sending, am, yes. Thanks for sending me the, the trailer to, to watch because that wasn't in my initial um, um, sources, but uh, thank you. Why um, yes, uh, um, it's very, it was a very unique trailer, wasn't it, Chachi? Uh, yeah. it, the trailer was basically everything in. in backwards motion and basically maybe showing that you know one crazy incident in the series triggered another event and so on and so forth i guess it's got well how did you interpret the backwards um format for that trailer of ozark season four just tying everything back to a major event you know tying okay. like some, some big car accident um going in reverse showing like that happening and then their um, lawyer um, getting killed. Um, yes. Spoiler alert yeah. for those who haven't seen it. Yeah. But this season, I know they're going to have something on the um, on the gambling boat on the um, yeah because that was that was film. I was getting ready to film when I was out there last um, January. Yeah, some Atlanta. little jealous. You got to see that. Very yeah. cool. That's really awesome, man. Damn, you got to see the freaking boat they use in Ozark. They, um, what's it so called? Cool. The, um, Missouri Bell, what's it called? Missouri like, Bell, yeah. 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 And it's funny because like, on the show, the inside of the, of the boat is huge and all these different rooms and stuff and all these different slot machines. But then in real life, it's just a small little boat inside. So it's definitely a lot of um, TV magic. So they, they, do the, they do this downstage for the interiors, and then for right. the exteriors, they shoot at the boat. So. Right, but it's such a little boat inside. It's like a little, like, if you're familiar in the Baltimore area, like the Lady Baltimore, the Spirit of Baltimore, like those little um, dinner cruise boats they have on the harbor. But then okay. on the show, it's like a big casino inside the boat. Yeah. So wow. It's funny how they do that. Very, very cool. I can't wait for season four, Chachi. The final season will be split in two parts. You're going to get part one in January 21st, 2022. The second half will be a little later in the year. So 
It's not going to drop all together like uh, Netflix usually does. So if you're planning on binging it, knowing that you won't get the complete story for, for uh, <laughs> I think yeah. Netflix, yeah, they, 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 they love binging stuff. They, they love to promote binging TV on Netflix, whereas other streaming platforms, they'll release a couple episodes. They give people a little taste and then they'll drop another episode. Which I, I personally know. would rather. I'd rather, yes. Right? Like Str- Stranger Things, I'll watch it all within like a week and, and they need okay. to wait like four years now for the next season. Like, right. It's too much. Yeah, at least if you much. have it once a week, you can take your time, and then and by then at least you're exactly. like two and a half months down the road. Exactly. You might actually like this show on Netflix. Randall Park is starring in a comedy series at Netflix about the the very last blockbuster video store. It's called Blockbuster. Uh, <laughs> interesting. interesting. Yeah. I worked at a blockbuster once. You what? Ooh. You worked at Blockbuster, Blockbuster once? Yeah. Once. Did yeah. you really? Yeah. yeah but I was like, about... I like doing the stickers and the shrink wrap for the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what about a series uh, dedicated to the the very last Blockbuster in, in the country? That's kind of I think crazy. nobody cares. Yeah. No, I, think a, I think a lot of people care. Blockbuster. Yeah, Blockbuster yeah. evokes so much nostalgia. Nostalgia. With people yeah. who but are, really, you want to see yeah. a whole movie about the last one? I would. Yeah. I would. And it's interesting enough. It's on if the it's uh, an, If it's an interesting story, then sure. Maybe not. Like it, it probably, you know, the, the, the fact that it takes place at the last blockbuster, that probably can't be the central part of the plot, but it makes a nice right. like little addition. Yeah. Isn't it interesting Maybe though? It's like, on the you know, political conversation that changed the world yeah, no. took place at the last blockbuster then that would be yeah. like a cool story but like yeah. the, I'm, I'm gonna the bet it's, I'm gonna, bet it's like, gonna be more of a character driven thing between like you know the employees there or you know it's probably gonna like the end of blockbuster is also gonna parallel like some sort of like big change in their lives about how something this chapter is ending that's what I'm gonna bet well, the, one that thing that's you're, really you're, interesting you're, you're, guys you're correct Al. Okay, I, was, I wanted to get to it, but yes. <laughs> it's on it's on a platform that actually put Blockbuster out of business. Right. Netflix, the streaming company, literally <laughs> put Blockbuster out of business, and we're having this show on there. So, um, all right, for all you um, Harry Potter fans, the original wait, Hogwarts, wait, 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 wait. you just went over all these shows on Netflix, and no one said anything about you. Well, you've been out for a while. It's been out for a minute. You know. All right. I guess I'm behind. I haven't been on BTB in a while. It, you haven't been on in a minute, but you know what's funny? I actually shared a very funny clip of um, a journalist from Fox News getting confused about someone talking about the show. You. It's like it was about you. It was about you. I never did a show. I never did a show. She was like reacting, <laughs> like thinking he was here the whole time. But actually, the, the guy was referring to the show. You. But he couldn't phrase it in a way that made sense to the Fox News anchor. Like she was like, "Oh, so we brought it. So you, we saw, we saw an episode about measles about you on the on you. Like you, wait, what do you mean me? What do you mean me?" And it was it was really funny. I think the whole who's on first. Yeah. 
Exactly. I, I have a feeling the- that was that. I know the I know the clip you're talking about. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was staged. I'm pretty sure they really. Were, oh really? Yeah. You think so? That's I hope funny. so because then that means the person's uncultured. <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. It has nothing to do because believe me, it's impossible to underestimate the intelligence of Laura Ingram. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> the uh, it, was Laura, it was Laura Ingram. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. it's in, like you know. Believe me, it has nothing to do with uh, her being too smart to figure anything out. But yeah. it's like uh, yeah, <laughs> the um. But yeah, I mean, because otherwise the the other person, I mean, it would be like insanely idiotic for the other person to say, no, the Netflix show you called. Yeah, I'm like, why wouldn't you just be like the Netflix show called you? Yeah, we're talking about. Yeah, that's the simple way. Having measles. Yeah, exactly. I just had a conversation kind of similar the other day, and that's how I answered it. After right. like five seconds. <laughs> All right. All right. So HBO Max for your Harry Potter fans. This is huge news if you're a fan of Harry Potter. Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, Emma Watson will join filmmaker Chris Columbus and other cast members from all eight Harry Potter films for the first retrospective special to celebrate the anniversary of the first film. Wow. So I guess in uh, very much the Friends reunion type of format, they're going to do exactly something very similar for um for yeah for the harry potter cast so very very cool um and if you're a fan of sex in the city they just dropped the sequel series trailer which is called and just like that interesting title choice for that but uh (laughs) that has like how would you like unless you are actually like in the know how would you assume that that has anything to do with sex in the city yeah i wouldn't at all yeah, why why would they just continue with the name? But yeah, they're calling it and just like that. I guess maybe I don't know, but it's the original cast. It's uh, Sarah. Well, how would you Parker. how would you tell a friend that to watch that? And just like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch and just like that. I'm like, huh? <laughs> very, yeah. very a lot of confusion would ensue, similar to the you show, right? Yeah, so instead of yeah. so instead of getting a Sunday brunch, they're at like uh, they're at like early bird special dinners discussing. Hey. Oh. <laughs> too soon, too soon. <laughs> wow, dude. Yes, Kristen Davis, Cynthia Nixon, Sarah Jessica Parker are all back. Interestingly enough, Kimber Cattrall is not uh, back for the show. She's doing a couple other different shows. Yeah, she uh, was the oldest. She was the oldest of them all, wasn't she? Yeah, and she's yeah. doing uh, yeah, the Fearless Folk. A, probably doing like a mannequin remake. But she's the best one. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there like? What are we gonna beef? do without Samantha's like comedic relief? Wasn't there some beef between her and um? Oh, what's the name? The name of the main actress? Uh, the Sarah one. Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica. Sarah Parker. Jessica Parker. Yes. I, I thought there was some like that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, that would make like compl- they don't they don't like each other. I know. Yeah. So any tension on the set, you know, from the original series, I guess they didn't want to, you know, relive that on the sequel series. So I don't know. Um, I usually don't mention documentaries, but uh, I'm real excited about this one. It's called Tony Hawk Until the Wheels Fall Off on HBO. And it comes from the Duplass brothers, Mark and J. Duplass, who are awesome. I I got to hang out with. uh, They do uh, a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah, Mark. Mark, I hung out with him at the morning show party at Apple TV through 
back in 2019. Um, but yeah, it's directed by Sam Jones and, uh, it somehow talks about the sport of skateboarding, um, and provides Tony Hawk's personal life and career chronicling his relationship with, with, with boarding. And, uh, and of course, interviews with Steve Cavallaro, Mike McGill, Rodney Mullen, Stacey Peralta, Lance Mountain. Any of these names ringing a bell? Skaters uh, from back course, in the day. Come course. on, Dan. Lance Mountain, Lance Mountain, and Steve Caballero. Jeez. Yes, 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 all of them. I, hope, so, I, hope I, had, a, I had a, I had a Lance Animal Mountain. Chin. Animal yeah. Chin too. Hopefully, Animal <laughs> Chin will. Hope he's in there. Yes. That would be amazing. That would be absolutely cool as fuck. Um, let's see. Um, wow. So Jennifer Garner is taking Julia Roberts place on an Apple TV show called the last thing he told me, which I guess it was the last thing Julia told the producers. Was, I'm <laughs> out of here. Um, <laughs> basically due to Julia's scheduling issues. Um, I see, I, see I, I think all the names are already picked now for all these movies and TV yeah. shows and now they're <laughs> picking these shitty names. <laughs> yeah. The last thing he told me and just yeah. like that. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it basically follows Julia Gardner's character who forms an unexpected relationship. I'm not Julia Gardner, sorry. Jennifer Gardner's character. Julia Gardner's Mozart. Uh, it's Jennifer Gardner's character who forms an unexpected relationship with a 16-year-old stepdaughter while searching for the truth about why her husband mysteriously disappeared. Wow. Interesting, interesting. And this is a very similar plot of a different show called Fleischman is in Trouble, another clever title, Chachi. This is on <laughs> FX. Right. It stars Lizzie Kaplan. Okay, so she's a re- divorcee who enjoys diving into the world of dating apps uh, until his ex-wife, Rachel, disappears, leaving him and their children with no idea where she is or when she'll return. Isn't that the exact same synopsis as this other show? It's just one is the woman's missing and the other one's the husband's missing. Yeah. It's literally the same yeah. fucking show. <laughs> That's crazy. I saw these two plot lines. I'm like, dude, they're exactly the same. They're absolutely exactly the same. It's always happens a lot. Like in movies, like you'll see like two movies about volcanoes coming out at the same time. Right. Droids coming out at the same time. Right. Like, had like there's two documentaries on that um what was it, Firefly, Firefly Festival, yeah. yeah exactly. At the same time. Always the same time, yeah. I know you love reboots, Chachi. Fatal Attraction is getting a oh, Paramount Plus. Yeah, a oh. Paramount Plus Why? series. They already did a Fatal Attraction redo with Sherry Appleby and uh, oh, they did? who was that other guy? Okay. Yeah. Well, this was so, also starring. Okay, well, this was swim also starring Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, Lizzie yeah. Kaplan is also starring in this one. Um, and it's been in development for a while, but... Um, it's a deep dive reimagining of the psychosexual thriller and explore themes of marriage and infidelity through the lens of modern attitudes towards strong women. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Lizzie Kaplan, quite the busy actress lately doing that one as well. Um, and for you gamers, Halo, uh, they just dropped a, um, a teaser for that first footage from the series. Um, anyone play Halo in the room? Um, it's Pablo Schreiber. Um, as the helmeted Spartan super soldier, Master Chief. Um, I know um, Big Nick. Um, 
the one and only the captain uh, will be watching this with uh, with full attention. Um, so yes, no doubt. Um, uh, let's see. Um, what else do we have here? Um, yeah, we can skip that. Um, <laughs> I know we got to wrap up soon. Anyone check out Saturday Night Live last Saturday? With Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Are there any Tay Tay fans in the room? I'm a Tay Tay. I love fan. Taylor Swift. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Although I, I think she kind of looks like an alien, but I, I love. Her I love. <laughs> I, I, I thought she. I thought she did great. I, you know, her performance was fantastic. Of course. Um, they made a joke about you know about her writing songs about the people that she breaks up with, and that was certainly the case. <laughs> uh, as don't uh, get me started on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jonathan Majors was actually the host, um, and uh, <laughs> talked about some you know basically uh, mentioned uh, that during his uh, monologue. Um, and actually, it's funny that Jonathan Majors also said that he worked at um, Olive Garden and Red Lobster. Um, and he, you know, comes from humble beginnings. He was once homeless, living in his car while working at Olive Garden and Red Lobster. Wow, um, wow interesting. Like, like imagine that. all the cheddar biscuits he ate and all the breadsticks. That's that's am- yes. amazing that you mentioned the cheddar biscuits because uh, he, he said in the monologue, I don't know what they're putting in them cheddar baked biscuits, but it's working. Yeah, uh, because both Nicki Minaj and Chris Rock also uh, worked at at, at oh, Lobster, right. which is that's that's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, like, like no one goes there for anything else besides those um, biscuits. Right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh, Colin Jost was the one that said, not Jonathan Majors. Colin Jost said, I think the lesson we've learned all this week is to never break up with Taylor Swift, or she will sing about you for ten minutes. On national television. And this is a 10-minute song called All Too Well. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. 10 minutes, wow. 10-minute song. And, uh, yeah, I mean, she's got and she's got another music video that... It's, that like, she, it's like her Stairway to Heaven, isn't it? It's a Stairway to Heaven length, <laughs> certainly, yeah. She actually just dropped another um, video call, uh, for I Bet You Think About Me. Which is uh, directed by Blake Lively and it stars Miles Who? Teller. Whose breakup was that? that yeah, which right. Which breakup was this? Because she was straight up like, I can't even write a, a one, just one song. I, I'm gonna That's need right. to have ten minutes right. for this one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> have at least ten minutes. And, right. and an encore. And an encore. <laughs> to talk about and an... you, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Damn. Cardi B will be hosting the AMAs. Um, this will happen this Sunday, so tune in if you're a fan. Um, uh, first live performance of Butter, of BTS, and Megan Thee Stallion among the initial lineup. Okay. Yeah. Um, Is that Cardi B used to like, drug guys and rob them? Ooh. Is that Cardi too, B? Too soon? Too soon. <laughs> but, never, but never got any trouble for it. Like, no right? backlash at all. Yeah. No backlash at all. She wasn't canceled. Um, <laughs> I got to give props to the Filipinos as Olivia Rodrigo will be performing, and of course she's nominated for uh, best new artist at the AMA. So, uh, yeah, Olivia representing well. Thank you. <laughs> she's nominated. Kind of, um... Oh, good. No, no, no. She's 
Well, the thing that's great is that she's not only artist, new artist of the year, but also artist of the year. And it's that's pretty that's a huge accomplishment that you're a new artist, but you're so good that you're also lumped into the artist of the year category. That's pretty big. Yeah. You had you had a Filipino joke coming up. Hey, yeah, you you had a Filipino no. joke in mind. Oh, okay. No, I thought you were no, 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 I was gonna say I thought you had some news on um, Squid Game. Oh yes, Squid Game. Oh my gosh, did I? You know, um, did did I end up skipping that one? But yeah, um, I guess yeah, Chachi. I mean, if you want to really uh, quickly talk about your thoughts on the series so far, it's just, I mean, I did have um a news bit that basically it was the um. It was the most watched uh, series in the history of Netflix. Which is crazy. Like, which like, is crazy. Like, imagine yeah, like last yeah. year somebody would have told you like the most watched series Netflix ever is going to be a Korean, a Korean series. Series, a Korean right? Series. Right. Yeah. Which right. I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> so now you yeah, don't have to I, leave the chat talking about I don't. how crazy Squid Games is. Well, I mean, Anna B threatened to kill me if I didn't watch it, so I decided to give it a try. And I yeah. thought it was, I thought it was great. And kept bothering yeah. him. <laughs> She'll make you cross a bridge of tempered glass or real glass. and Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, would you would you say it's worth the hype? The show's worth the hype after watching Surprisingly, it? Surprisingly, yes, yeah. And I went into it with low expectations because I'm like, you know, everybody's hyping it up. I'm like, it's going to be disappointing. But no, no. Right. I thought, like, it's really like a stressful um series and i thought all the actors were great in there and and you know i expected something like to be low budget you know being like a, a foreign series but i thought mm-hmm. it was definitely up on par of any um you know bigger budget american series and it, it just a great original storyline and i think with you know hollywood now there's so many um i mean hollywood is pretty good with the series tv series but the movies are getting repetitive you know and they didn't they don't really take chances that much on on movies anymore it's all like um well do you feel like superheroes and like do you think the series was too close to hunger games or do you think it was still I don't, very I don't, unique I don't, I don't think okay. at all. yeah okay. like, it wasn't it wasn't that close to hunger games i mean yeah. it definitely had much more of a mm-hmm. an anti-capitalist message than yeah than, than hunger games did and, and it felt more realistic i feel like i feel like it could just have happened like just a, like a few moments ago type of thing like it felt so real mm. and that's why i think a lot of the audience connected to that yeah yeah where, where does it seem more fantasy for the hunger games right yeah i mean <laughs> yeah when you talk about there's like very very tangible like economic anxiety that that yeah, you you can feel that a lot more than you, although there's a lot about the the Hunger Games you can you can actually relate to too, even though that's a lot more dystopian. This is more like soft dystopia where it feels it's like this horrifying thing, but you could totally imagine some fucked up people in the world doing. <laughs> yeah, and some people were actually talking about that, like if it would have been set like in the future, it would have felt like that dystopian um, feeling. Yeah versus yeah. like yeah. It, it literally could just happen over there like yeah. right here in our backyard yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> it, it really did a great job of showing like human nature and how Oof. people would act if um you know money was involved and their life was involved um you know at stake so you really saw how people would would be shady and like yeah i really like the old man character 
you know, especially what early a twist, on. though. What yeah, a twist over the twist. old man character, huh? Right. Did you, that guy right. came out of nowhere, right? Well, I mean, like what what you know shocked me first was when like the the guy was cheating with the old man, and then um, the old man knew it the whole time, and you know was like kind of like disappointed in him for for you know trying to take advantage of him you know of his um you know, dementia or whatever that he, right that he um had at the time which turned out to be a brain tumor but yeah the twist i never saw coming and the brain tumor the brain tumor was still a legitimate though it was, it was just it was, yeah, yeah it, it was. was just it was just his, his involvement behind the scenes that was a surprise but uh oh yeah the news bit i had is that it so squid game pulled in a staggering 1.65 billion hours Wow. 1.65 billion wow. hours of viewing following its September 17th premiere. That's equivalent oh. to more than 100, over 182,000 years in total of combined minutes of everyone that watched it. Um, wow. I mean, that's just wild, dude. Um, and that's the number one. Um, so it's number one of not only all, but also in the non-English category. No surprise there. Wow. Uh, the close second is Bridgerton season one, um, with 625 million. But that's not in the billion range. Yeah, this that, is the first series like that passed so, a billion. Yeah. So how do you think? How do you think they measured that? Like, is that like literally? So if the how how long was the show? how many episodes was the show like? It was 10 episodes, correct? 10 episodes. So that's 10 of hours. Of what? Or nine. Nine. Was it nine? Nine episodes, yeah. Nine, nine okay, episodes. So that's, okay. so that's nine. That's approximately nine hours. You yeah, put that in hour. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how much? What did you say? 1.6 billion? Is that what 1. you said? 1.65 billion hours of viewing in the 28 days following its September 17th premiere. All right, so if one hour equaled one Korean won, then how much would that be? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that that implies that 183 million people watched uh, watched Squid Game, because uh, you know if you're if you're assuming that, uh, which I I don't know, that seems a little insane. Like if you take 1.65 a, a billion and you divide that by nine because of the nine hours, mm-hmm. there's no way 183 million people were watching that. I don't know. I guess Netflix is saying these metrics don't lie, so I don't yeah. know. I mean, uh, well, one thing I did learn is that their um, the Korean exchange rate sucks. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to calculate it. Yeah. <laughs> so true where we're like three billion won is enough to like i don't know yeah a month's rent <laughs> i wonder if any of these one one thousand one hundred eighty three korean wands equal one u.s dollar ah uh, okay That's i'm curious big. if any of these the actors in in squid game will will make it to american um american cinema or tv i'm curious i bet they do, I bet they do. um I, because, I can tell you, I can tell you the director, the creator of the show. He's probably mm-hmm. there's there's all sorts of American studios that are gonna want him to or do. look at right. Yeah, and it's interesting because the director of Parasite had already made an impact in American cinema, but 
but it ended up Parasite being his most successful film, which is a Korean yeah. film. Yeah, which yeah. is interesting. I mean, he made Snowpiercer, which is yeah, uh, that was he made that before, and that was an American film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, those Koreans are good at making these um <laughs> these things. <laughs> they're good. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. What kind of schools they have over I'm there? I'm just glad. I'm just glad that people are taking more notice of foreign films or foreign yeah. uh, uh industries because there's like so many great movies there. It just doesn't take that much notice here in the U.S. Yeah, so yeah I'm glad like, that that's being exposed. I mean, it ties in like one of my absolute favorite shows in Netflix. I mean, that I've ever seen on Netflix is Money Heist. Money Heist. Spanish. Spanish. Yes. Yeah, that is such a great show. Yeah. See, and that's like that's the number two um, series, uh, um, non-English series on Netflix. So. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think that um, Squid Games is able to be shown in North Korea? Or do you think it's blocked? <laughs> <laughs> you're saying, you're saying it's blocked? Wow. I mean, Kim Jong Un might get some ideas. Yeah. Oh, you don't. Yeah, you don't think might. he already has? And they probably don't allow Netflix going on in North Korea. Korea. Yeah. No, you're right. He probably already has that over there. Yeah. That's scary to think about. The creepiest part for me was the the gift boxes of the caskets. Oh yeah. With bows around it. It was just yeah. a little much. It was a little much for me. Um, and I, th- those visuals are very disturbing. It's just one of those shows. I mean, it, it's so so impactful, um, but such a deep, powerful message in and and the visuals and 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 all the the violence and 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 horror that that goes along yeah. with this crazy yeah. game. I really <laughs> like whenever shows like pay attention to like they put little Easter eggs around like the episodes to like kind of foreshadow the future yeah. if you're paying attention so you have yeah. to pay yeah. attention to the small details and i like when yeah. when shows do that yeah, yeah, but, so, yeah but like, even even the, the tug of war um part was um stressful and it's like you oh yeah wasn't it but, but it's like you should know that you know all the main characters aren't going to die you know in one one swoop you know but True. then yeah, you're still like stressed out watching it and you're like you know, oh that was get a out stressful one yeah yeah yeah, and actually, look- the actors, the actors in that scene, they actually were sweating, and they were actually at an elevated position, so that's why it kind of had that real effect that the actors. Oh had. wow! So that was all like real sweat. They were really like scared. Oh, man, cool. I felt bad for the glassmaker, the the one that had had <laughs> oh, the. Extra- no. Oh man, I was really pulling for him, I could, but they didn't develop as a character, so I knew that he was he was gonna make it. But yeah. The antagonist, the bully, yeah, he he was a shitty, shitty character, but he was enjoyable to to watch. Hey man, it's freak. That would make a great video game, I think. <laughs> wow, yeah. Squid Game. Yeah, I think. So. Oh my god, that would be amazing as a yeah. video game. If the, the so, first so, round of the doll, the giant doll. Yeah, yeah that was cool. Yeah. yeah. Red light, green light. Oh my Have god. Have you seen my TikTok? So video so, if there was an American, I saw I saw your TikTok video. It was cute. It was with a, you did a uh, a Star Wars Squid Game mashup. It was yeah, great. Yes, really? I did. I have to watch that. Yeah. yeah. If, if there was page. an American version of Squid Game where they used American childhood uh, childhood games, what do you think they would use? Hopscotch, jump. Um, yeah, because these 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 are all uh, Korean um, you know, culture and Korean games, like yeah. the, the final game of Squid Game. Yeah, hide and seek. You know, uh, Marco Polo. Duck, duck, Marco Polo. Okay. Duck, duck, I mean, goose. Uh, 
Musical chairs. Ooh, musical <laughs> chairs. Musical yeah. chairs. I can see oh, that. Dude. Yeah, did they blow the head off the person right. that didn't get did the last chair? chair? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shit. Oh my god. Oh, that's so that brutal. That game is already stressful. <laughs> you know what? I think I think uh, the directors already the producer or the showrunners are already thinking of season two and looking at American games now. <laughs> like, suck, suck, goose, oh, music yeah, chairs. Yeah. All right, just a couple things before we wrap up. Uh, Britney Spears is free, guys. Freed from her long-standing oh, conservatorship. Yeah, a judge granted a petition to terminate the 13-year arrangement during a hearing that lasted less than 30 minutes. So, um, wow. I can't believe it, it, it for so long, 13, uh, 13 years, um, that she was under conservatorship of her father. Yeah, I'm kind of upset. Yeah? Why is that? I feel like I had a chance when she was all, like, crazy and locked up and stuff. <laughs> but, now, but now that she's just out and rich and like isn't she married now yeah like, she, she like, got married yeah i think the window has shut shut on me for that weren't we at the nightclub in dc when britney spears we were. Was out? yeah 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 for for the redskins opening um oh my day. god dude yeah. i had we had to pull so much strings again in that party holy shit <laughs> That was, she was so there, dope. She's there with all of her bodyguards. Her body, she had bodyguards, but yeah, man, you know, we're partying with Britney Spears. I mean, that's kind of cool, right? You know, who could who, who blame us? Um, <laughs> um, you sent me this, Chachi. So they um, a planned November 23rd uh, ceremony at the Duke Ellington School of the Arts High School Theater, named after Dave Chappelle, was postponed. Several months in light of the potential student protests related to the, the Netflix special, The Closer, and we've talked about the Dave Chappelle situation on Below the Belt show. I finally saw it. And you finally saw the closer. Yes, thank you, Anabi. Someone had just shot, saw the special. And you please be honest. We, we accept all opinions here on Below the Belt show. Yeah, do you, I can be really do you, honest. Yes. I watched it find, twice. Do you find, did you find you any of the jokes? Watch it twice. Wow. Yes. Do you find any of the jokes, um, well, you, you know, aimed at, you know, targeted at the transgender community uh, that um, may incite violence towards them. Did you see any of that? No, no. I I feel like a lot of people that have had negative um, commentary on it really haven't taken the time to watch it. Um, yes. So that's why I watched it twice because I love Dave Chappelle from like his comedy, and yes, I was a little too. nervous. Cause I was like, I was hearing so many negative things, but when I watched it, I was like, you have to pay attention to what he's saying. And he's right. been consistent from day one. He's never yes. changed. Yes. Like, I, I just, I just feel he's Absolutely. one of those consistent people. And if you listen to him, it's, he's not saying anything against the community and the community is like really like dear to me too. Because a lot of, I have two of my friends that are transitioning so I'm oh, really? like, that's okay. very careful listening to those. I was like, okay, but. Well, their, their opinion, uh, no, have they watched it? Have you gotten feedback from them? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Okay. I mean, the thing, and I've said it on the show before, I mean, every marginalized group, or really any group, ethnic or, you know, sexual orientation, uh, socioeconomic class, uh, gets made fun of, you know? I mean, you know, he's not singling out the, the transgender community, you know, but uh, I just feel in like any case, they're they're canceling this event. 
that's what I think. It's like he has certain points that you just have to watch out for and see, like, okay, this is what he's saying. So. I don't know, guys. I think it's a. Uh, I mean, I mean, this is, is the it, public school that Chappelle graduated from in 1991. Yeah. You know, it was, which is probably a great thing for the school to get the recognition from Dave Chappelle and probably bring a lot of money from him. And then you're going. I mean, it, I think most of the people who are like trying to protest this at the school, they they aren't really offended. They're just trying to. Uh, some of these people and, and the people that are upset aren't really the trans people or even the LBGTQ people or anything like that. It's just like just regular, mostly just regular white people that want attention and want to like cancel somebody and feel that power, you know, and, and that's what a lot of these students um, do. They're like, oh, if we get them canceled, then, you know, we're like better than him. But no, Chappelle, like he graduated from your school. He has done amazing things in his life, you know, became one of the best comedians who ever lived. And, you know, could bring a lot of um, recognition to your school and you're going to keep them from coming in there performing. Yeah. You know, it's like, a shame. I, mean, I mean, imagine imagine like back when in high school, like, how great it would be to have like a super popular like comedian come to your school and perform. I mean, it would have been amazing. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't have like, got him canceled. And, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's just grown way out of proportion. Um, and, and this kind of you know, kind of this proves Chappelle's um, <laughs> points, anyways, about people trying to cancel him now. Yeah, and of course we always end below the belt show with sad rest in pieces. Um, a nine-year-old Dallas boy became the youngest person to die from injuries sustained during the crowd at the Astro World Music Festival in Houston. We talked about this tragic, tragic um, concert that resulted, and now ten people. Previously was eight, two were hospitalized. And now the tenth person who attended the festival had sadly passed away, and he was a nine-year-old boy, guys. So, wow. rest in peace. Um, also, actor Heath Freeman, an actor who made appearances on Bones and NCIS, died. Um, no further details about the cause of his death. Um, so, rest in peace. Um, Karanji Calhoun Sr., the actor who played Tyrell, son of Holly Berry and Sean Diddy Combs' characters in the film Monsters Ball in 2001, died uh, on October 13th at the age of 30 uh, due to congestive heart failure and lung problems. At the age of 30? Congestive heart failure? Damn, that's so tragic. That's That's so young to have those... um, uh, Jerry Douglas, the actor best known for playing Patriarch John Abbott in the long-running soap opera Young of the Restless. Uh, rest in peace. And also Chris Daughtry's daughter, Hannah, uh, had sadly also passed away. Um, so, um, yeah. And, of course, with death, we ha- have to celebrate life. Of course, happy birthday, Chachi McFly. Yes. Which Thank is you. Also, yes. Happy Thank birthday. You. Yes, happy birthday. And for some reason, I have you frozen on my screen with this really genuine, sweet smile right now. Oh, so, thank you. Yep. And, of course, we have... It's weird to go through deaths with this... There you go. <laughs> There's the smile. <laughs> ...of yours frozen on my screen. <laughs> And of course, Thank happy you. birthday to the following: Martin Scorsese, seventy-nine; Lauren Hutton is seventy-eight; Lauren Michaels, the the man behind Saturday Night Live, seventy-seven. Wow. Happy birthday, Danny DeVito, also seventy-seven. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, Mary Elizabeth Mastronio is sixty-three. RuPaul is sixty-one. 
Dylan Walsh from Nip Tuck is 58. Daisy Fuentes is 55. Sophie Marceau from Braveheart is 55. David Ramsey from Arrow is 50. Leslie Bibb from Iron Man and Popular is 48. Uh, Rachel McAdams, happy birthday, Rachel, from uh, Running Crashers, Notebook, Mean Girls is 43. Doctor um, Strange. And Doctor Strange, yes. Um, and yeah, that's birthdays today, guys. Okay. That's it for tonight, guys. Thank you so much for uh, joining us here on a great episode of BTB. Uh, wishing happy Thanksgiving. As you know, we always take the week of Thanksgiving off. So uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving break, and BTB will be back on December 1st. So thank you so much to everyone that was shows. here. Um, do we start on December 1st or do yeah, we start we December 8th? Because no, we, start on the first. we have the 8th. The fifteenth and the twenty second. Yeah, we always get we always do three shows. Oh, I think because well, we'll we'll that's for another we'll discuss that for another time. Yeah, no, we always do three shows. Okay. All right, so let's go ahead and um, end with Chachi's on location interview uh, with Ron Thomas and Tony O'Dell, the original Cobra Kai. Oh, sorry, the original. <laughs> I keep saying Cobra Kai. The original Karate Kid actors part of the Cobra Kai group who reprise the roles in Cobra Kai. A uh, very cool interview that you did, Chachi, at Monster Mania. Thank you. Close, Thank you. Closing out tonight's show. All right. And I guess on behalf of everybody here, we will see you yeah. in I two got, weeks, guys. I got a bead. Anybody wants to earn them, General? Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. these, are from, these are from New Orleans. There you go. <laughs> Anybody want to earn your beads? All right. Uh, um, I think everyone's going to pass for now. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining me on my birthday show. I appreciate it. Happy birthday, Chachi. Happy love birthday. you. Thank Happy you. birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And we will see you guys. Happy birthday, Chachi McFly. We'll see you in, de- in December, guys. Until then. Peace. Hey, guys. We're here at Monster Mania. First time here at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center. Beautiful, large venue. And we're here for our Cobra Kai reunion. I'm super excited. We got Ron Thomas. We got Tony O'Dell. Jimmy and Bobby from Karate Kid, from the new hit series, Cobra Kai. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Having a lot of fun. Yeah, having a great time. Are you guys excited here seeing all the fans and seeing the outpour of Cobra Kai, um, your characters after all these years? What's the question? <laughs> so are, you, are you excited to meet your yeah, fans it, it's here pretty, today? It, it, it is pretty amazing. Um, Ron and I talk about this all the time. That you know, 37 years later, you know, we did the film in 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 '83. Um, here we are, like I guess 38 years later, and just the fact that there's such a following for Karate Kid, um, and now for Cobra Kai, that that the uh, the longevity that this you know that the film has had and and now to become a, a successful series, and it's been done so well, you know, I, I don't think it's ever been, it, it's really been done that uh, a film has had this kind of impact and longevity and be able to be recreated and continue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We asked Tony about how it was getting um, asked to come on the show and, like, reprise your character. How was it for you? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and he's done it twice now, so, yeah, he's, you know, Pastor Bobby, so he's... Yeah. He's done a couple episodes. Yeah, I, 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 you know, since they evolved it, I really like how they, you know, took my character and evolved him. 
and now he was always trying to do the right thing. You're the voice of reason back in the Karate Kid. Exactly, you know? the good bad guy. You yeah. know, he had, he's, he's had enough. He's had enough. Yeah. You know, right. So he's always been conflicted a little bit. Like he wants to be with his buddies and ha have a good time and, and a little bit of a badass. But at the same time, he knew when the line was being crossed. So. Um, he has a conscience, and I, I still like that he's still conflicted. You know, right. he's still a pastor, but he's not afraid to go out and have a beer with his buddies and yeah, kick, kick some ass. ass. Yeah, he's exactly. not afraid to, you know, roll out a crane kick if he needs to. You know, or, 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 or take his best friend down in church. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. a great episode. Great episode. Now, were you a fan of the show before they asked you to come on to it? Of course. Okay. Yeah. My my friends are in it. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Were you surprised at how well it was done? Like compared to like, I mean, a lot of these um, reboots and sequels, they're garbage. They're just relying on name value alone but this one actually like provided depth to the characters of Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid yeah yeah I mean the, the people behind it uh, are smart and uh, really really good at what they do and really careful with the franchise I mean they told us when we got back there to Atlanta that they didn't want to be the guys that effed up <laughs> The Karate right, right, Kid right. franchise. So yes, yeah, because you're you're a priest. You can't you know use yeah, the exactly. Right. Or I could say they didn't want to fuck it up. But, oh, okay. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, and they're just, go ahead. Finish. So I mean, they they were really and they were serious. Like they didn't want to be responsible for screwing up the franchise. Could it could have gone the other way easily? So um, they are really careful about how they lay out the storyline and the character development, etc. So yeah. And this is something that you know Billy and Ralph have always been really careful about. You know, not wanting to do anything that ever kind of diminished anything about Karate Kid and Josh, John and Hayden came along and and you know treated it with so much respect and right. and it was literally just almost like an extension of the movie with the same exact quality and impact but to add a younger generation and then to add so much more depth to our characters, especially my character who you know really didn't have as much to do and um and it's just they have literally handled the entire thing incredibly so uh, it's been an awesome ride so here we are and it's yeah. groundbreaking I mean you tell me another movie franchise that's that's done this it's yeah. never been done like that right no. it's, it's groundbreaking whether they stuff. came back as a movie 37 years later or right. came back as a series uh, and to be able to have still the same kind of impact and now it's awesome because now we're you know we're not only meeting the parents and the grand <laughs> and, and the grandparents right. <laughs> Uh, you know, we also meet the younger generation and the kids. Right. Yeah. yeah. Who, yeah, and that's, that's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, you have eight, nine, ten-year-olds go, and I ask them, are, are you a fan of Cobra Kai and Karate, or Karate Kid? And yeah. some of them will say, Karate Kid. <laughs> oh, God. I'm like, really? Right. You're only nine years old? Yeah, I love the movie. You know, still. It's awesome. Still. Yeah. So. And, yeah. And there are some parents who will also say to us, oh, my kid came to me and said, oh, there's this really cool series. It's called Cobra Kai. And the parent's like, okay, wait a minute. You have to go back. Let me take you back. Oh, yeah. And then the parent shows them how it all began. And it's just awesome for a kid to be like, their mind is blown. Wow, this is how the whole thing started. It's like literally watching an entire series of our lives. <laughs> we just like, like we're living it. We're living yeah, it. Yeah, we you. just missed like 37 years in between. You know, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a gap. Right. Yeah. You know, which would have been cool if we had done something like 15 yeah. or you know 16 years ago. Yeah. They probably would have screwed you know? it up though. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it happened this way for a reason. Nobody you know, is, you know, nobody could have done. As it God, God would say, happened for a reason. But um, yeah. Yeah. but the young cast you're talking about, like so many great um, actors, young actors coming up. What's your opinion on like like like, like, like who do you love working with from the young cast? All of them. All of them. I mean, they're really, really talented. The thing about Karate Kid is people ask me, well, who's your, who did you hang out with? Who are you friends with? Everybody. 
behind the camera and in front yeah. of the camera all these years and that's one thing that made the Karate Kids so special it's because we all love each other yeah. Yeah. and I think it's the same thing here they all love each other and then when we get to interact with them and meet them like Peyton and Jacob and yeah they're here tonight Miguel yeah, yeah. I mean they're really, really cool people. Human beings first. Yeah. Actors second. Highly talented. But there's this love and there's this synergy. Nobody, nobody's hating each other. Nobody's bickering. Nobody's like, you know. And that's what makes the energy. It takes it to another level. Yeah. And what's, yeah. what's great about it, we're all part of something that we all consciously know that we're part of something that's really great. Yeah. And and how can you all not just know that that you're part of something great and and have a bunch of gratitude for that and just have a ball together. I mean, I've known yeah. Peyton because I've also coached on shows, so okay. I've met Peyton right. uh, prior to her being a part of Cobra Kai. So it's really funny because she didn't know when I had worked with her on a show that okay. I had anything to do with it. And then when I showed up on the Cobra Kai set, Peyton looked at me and she's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, um, well, I'm an OG. Right. She's like, what? So, you know, but, but uh, Jacob's a hoot. You know, yep. he's a blast. So. That's my favorite part about Cobra Kai. It's like it's all about balance. Karate Kid's always been about balance. And you have like you know the OGs, and you have and you have the new blood. But usually when they do like a reboot, it's like all focuses on like the kids and the young and the young people, and the, and the, and the OGs are kind of like an afterthought just to get the viewers in there. But for you guys, it's like balance. Like you're learning all about more stuff than we ever thought we even wanted to know about your characters, and we love it now. But then also the new ones and the, all the characters make sense. You know, you understand why they're doing it. Their motivations. Their complex characters. I I think it's wonderful. Yeah, I think it's wonderful, and they, and that's why you guys were nominated for Emmys and stuff. Can you talk about that situation about Cobra Kai and the Emmy nominations? Well, just I'm really happy for them. I mean, I think it's been like with the stunt team, and yeah. and there's been other categories that you know, oh, best comedy series this year. That's right. Yeah. Series, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know why it's comedy, but uh, I mean, it is funny. It's but funny. There are still some funny moments. Funny, yeah. funny drama. Yeah. But comedy I mean, drama. yeah, I mean, uh, it it doesn't surprise me. You know, it's was number one show in the world on Netflix. Right. So, um, you know, I don't like I don't like the part about the OGs being an afterthought. No, I'm saying you, normally it is. Oh, normally. Ser- okay. N- you guys are not. I'm saying crap. no, no, because <laughs> there's nothing normal no, about no, it. You guys are the reason why I watched it. But then, yeah. is it come for the OGs, stay for the new cast? Yeah. But then but now we got season four coming up. I'm super excited about it. We got um, the character Terry Silver coming back from Karate Kid Part Three for all the fans out there. Terry Silver? Who? You don't know it. You guys weren't around for then. When? Yeah. Who? Would you guys come on um, and like re- um, replay your characters for season four if they ask you, or are you coming back? I know you can't tell well, me. Season four is in the can. We right. can't. We can't come can't. back and do season four if you're asking me right. if we would have or could have. Yeah. It's already. Done. Did you? Did you? So whether and we, we can't did or not, wait to see it. I can't say. Yeah, we can't wait to see it though. Yeah. Well. Can't wait to see it. Well, yeah. preachers, preachers can't lie, so um, that's why you're going to stay in silent. Yeah, we we're can. excited. We're excited for season, season four. Starts um, season four. We're talking um, season four is coming up. Um, what is it? Near Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, December something. December yeah. something. Well, yeah. we're ready for it. We're here. Kerber Kai. We got Tony O'Dell, Ron Thomas here. Can you um, let us know who you are? You're listening to Below the Belt Show, and then throw out like a plug or anything else. Well. I was, am, and always will be Tony O'Dell, and you're listening to the Below the Belt Show. I am always, well, not always, because I'm now, I'm Sensei Ron Thomas, but before that I was Ron Thomas. Not Rob, 
Garrison, yes, right. not Rob. He's one of my pet peeves. Has always been confusing me with Rob Garrison. Even today, somebody said, "Aren't you the guy that said get him in a body bag?" I said, "No." no! And they say to me, "Aren't you the guy that says get him in a body bag?" And I say, "Absolutely not." No. No. But anyway, you're listening rest in to peace. Below the belt shell with Sensei Ron Thomas from the Karate Kid and from Cobra Kai. Watch it. No mercy. Will they be in season four? We'll find out soon in December. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Goodbye, 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 goodbye